You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey guys, do you like heavy metal? Do you like video games, comic books, movies, theme parks, or even cool TV shows? We've got the place for you. Metal Geeks. Time to rock out with your geek out. Here are your hosts, Carrie the Metal Geek, Dave, and George. Geek it out, fellas. False. Oh, oh you started <laughs> off already, man. This is why we can't be organized, because there's always balls flying at me. George isn't here, man. I had to throw them, you know? That's true. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode number 224 of the Metal Geeks podcast. I, of course, am one of your hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with... This is Brutal Dave. Good evening, gents. Good evening, man. And we also brought back uh, the new daddy of the group, uh, Justin, the Metal Encyclopedia. How you doing, sir? Hi, daddy. Are you going to start calling daddy. me daddy? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little it just, weird when you guys say it. I don't know. <laughs> it, depends on the, it depends on the inflection of how I say it. Uh, right? I, mean, sh- I, I don't know if there is a way you can say it that doesn't come across as a little odd, Kerry. Okay. Then, then maybe I won't say it. Uh, hey, Eddie. <laughs> is that the whole episode now? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we should say, you know, the whole reason I haven't been on in a while yes, um, is because I have a daughter now. Congratulations. And, uh, We've we congrats, talked about it on man. the show, but congrats again. Congrats. Thanks, guys. Yeah, she was born July 12th, and that's kind of taken up all of my free time for the last couple of months. So I see the room behind you has changed as well. Yeah, there's I no moved. there's no Masters of the Universe stuff hanging up. Well, there's there's one poster. Um, I didn't okay. want to put a bunch of holes in the apartment wall, but there is one poster way over there. You can oh, see I see it. it. I see it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we, we're moving. We bought a new house. Nice big house up in Conroe um, near the Woodlands. Zone for the Woodlands School Districts. Nice. But, uh, right now we're living in a massive apartment. That's why <laughs> That's why it seems so empty. Um, there's just lots and lots of empty space here. And, uh, we alluded that George isn't here tonight. George is actually on vacation as we record this. George and really wanted to see the hurricane. He did. He did. He like, <laughs> it. So he went to Disney world. He left probably like what last weekend, Saturday, probably. But as we're recording this, as of the night, we, uh, he's sort of like in the, the throes of the hurricane at Disney locked up in his room at the, uh, pop century resort. So, I, uh, we're going to hear a lot of cool stories. Apparently, I don't know. But Maybe I hope if, if he makes it back. I mean, hopefully he oh, makes it don't, back. Don't say that because if it if that doesn't happen, you know, we if don't that want doesn't that to happen. Then then Disney World's going to be gone, and then Carrie's going to be very upset about that. What am I going to do from there? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have him come on and uh, talk about his experiences. But everybody, you know, out there that we know in Florida, Brian, our, our good friend, Brian Hogan and everybody and all the podcasters and vloggers that I watch, you know, hope everybody stays safe during this hurricane. We've gone through it down here when it's not fun, you know? No, it's not. But, uh, to replace George, I brought on a, a new, very special guest. Uh, we, I'm sort of paying, paying you guys back because you brought myself and Sean, the metal pigeon, uh, onto your show, The Metal Exchange, last week, as we discussed uh, Don't Break the O's for Merciful Fate. Um, so I want to welcome to the show, uh, I, I don't know how to say your last name correctly, so I'm going to say Chris from The Metal Exchange. Welcome to The Metal Geeks Podcast, sir. 
Thanks. It's uh, an absolute honor to be here. Uh, being that I'm new, I will not be calling anyone daddy just yet, but maybe give me like 40 <laughs> minutes. And I was about to say, we'll maybe at the end of the episode, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. <laughs> that's, that's my new thing. I'm going to be the metal daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that could, that, that's your new deal, dude. Metal daddy. Uh, so, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your podcast that you do with your, your buddy. Justify sure, um, your presence here. Go ahead. Justify it. I need it now. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, we uh, like you said, we have um, our podcast called the the Metal Exchange, and that kind of was born uh, through just a, an old, a very old friendship of two guys um, recommending music to one another for years and years and years, and it was the sort of thing where. Um, it would be like uh, Justin would come to me and say, "Hey, did, have, have you listened to like Labyrinths Return to Heaven Denied?" Yeah, we in should a while. We, should, we and, should specify that he's talking about his co-host Justin. Not yes, me. that's true. My we've never met Justin. before. Right now, yes, <laughs> um, you need to start calling this Justin Daddy now. So <laughs> just to differentiate. Okay. Well, the other Justin's a daddy too, so that might get a little confusing. Oh, oh. But uh, I'll I'll just call him partner Justin. So. Uh, <laughs> or Justin Kramer. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, I'd be like, Oh, I haven't listened to that in a while. So I pop it on and then we would just BS about, you know, yeah, like whatever. And, and he was just like, why don't we just record this? We're having these conversations anyway. Um, so we like just tried it one day and, and then it just kept going. And, uh, that's kind of how it is. So each week, um, I offer up an album and then the following week he offers up an album. And then once a month we'll do a request, um, and you know we've done a few interviews and um and and like carrie mentioned him and sean came on last week and we thought that was really cool to do that was our first collaboration with another podcast so that was a lot of fun but uh yeah beyond that um you know i'm a big fan of uh metal i'm a real power metal kind of guy but i also love uh video games and uh other general nerdery so i kind of figured i would fit right in around here so i'm uh i'm glad that to be brought on it's interesting that um Sean, we were in an episode of MSRcast, he brought up your show that I started listening to this new podcast and I really enjoy what they're doing. And and as he was talking about you, I, I looked you up on my podcast app and I started I subscribed and I looked through your feed. I'm like, oh, these guys did an episode about the monkeys and the, this guy oh, in the metalhead. That's, that's all it took. The monkeys. It's all it took, dude. Did we just it's become all... best friends? That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was totally step brothers, man. But yeah, uh, love the episode on the monkeys. Uh, I've, I've listened to. You're one of my new, not blowing smoke up your butt because you're here, but you are. You guys do have one of my favorite new podcasts that I've been listening to. Very interesting. Um, like you said, you guys have different opinions on metal. Like there's some things I can definitely not agree with you, Chris. Right now, like your opinion on on Des is totally wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go from there. Um, yeah, but welcome to I the mean, show, anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, as my partner Justin would always say, that the fun—it's more fun to disagree than it is to agree. So, it, yeah, uh, that's like a podcast co-host and marriage, right? <laughs> yeah. It all works out the same. <laughs> you would you would love George. It's a shame he's not here, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that contentious son of a bitch. <laughs> George is love. Even if he agrees with you, he'll disagree with you just to be George. Yep. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do a good job of filling that kind of void because I'm a pretty good, you know, go, go along to get along kind of guy. So this might be a little less contentious than you're used to. 
Oh, well, sometimes I need that in my life, so I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for it now. Um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, we do have a topic that, since we're all sort of gamers, I know uh, maybe Chris and I more than some of you other guys, but we want to. We're going to get into a topic later about uh, our favorite, not genres of metal, but genres of video games, and what are, are some of our top picks. What we think embody embodies that uh, that genre. But uh, I want to talk about uh, a movie I know that Dave and I have both seen. Uh, I watched it last night just in preparation for this show. Um, Dave, you want to take it away here? Uh, I I assume you're talking about the movie that I watched last night as well. Yes, sir. You watched Uh, it with your whole family, so I I can't. I I didn't have that excuse. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, I sat down and watched the new Munsters movie on Netflix uh, done by Rob Zombie. Um, Rob Zombie production. Um, (laughs) It was nowhere near as bad as I was expecting it to be. Based, I on definitely the, agree on that. I mean that the trailers looked absolutely abysmal to me, and um, the trailers I, did what, not do a good job of this movie for sure. Let's be honest, Rob Zombie set kind of a low bar for the last few years too. Um, pretty much since Devil's Rejects, he hasn't really made like a solid film. Like Lords of Salem was passable, maybe, but like the Halloween remakes were awful. I liked the first one. I thought it was yeah, okay. me too. Um, thirty-one was, was real bad. That. <laughs> but see, I still, I still haven't seen a lot of his other more recent stuff. I haven't seen Thirty-One or Three from Hell or from um, Lords of Salem. Rush. I haven't seen any of those. I haven't seen Thirty-One or Lords of Salem yet. So, I actually, think Dave, you might actually really love Lords of Salem. Lords just, of Salem looks like a movie I'd like. Yeah, yeah, you might love it just because of the atmosphere and yeah. designs and stuff. Yeah. So um, back to back to the monsters. Uh, in, in my opinion, I think people got their expectations up to like, oh, he's making a horror movie of the monsters. Because when you think Rob Zombie, that's automatically what you go to. And those you trailers, also think like lots of schlock and yes, like yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he uh, there is definitely a lot of that uh, homage to that that '60s schlock horror stuff that he loved so much, like the whole Nosferatu the- character. Without the edginess, there's like, yep. Yep. like this is completely family friendly. Um, you know, which is you say that really it's weird. It it tries. It, I feel it wants to be family friendly, but it doesn't quite go far enough to be family friendly. You know what I mean? In what way? Because I watched it with my 15 year old and my 10 year old, and they both liked it, and like they were cool with everything. I don't know. I feel like family. Uh, These families feel, are brutal in the average family. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, there might have been a sex joke here or there, but um, there were some entendres that went right over their head. But like well, yeah. you've seen family movies before, that's right? That's true. Like yeah, Disney that's even has that now. They yeah. have to. They have to keep the parents. They got to hook them back in every once in a while with a joke that's, "Hey, this one's for you, mom and dad." Yeah, sure. <laughs> so. But this is it was a very uh, like uh, a, a tribute to. The original show, definitely the '60s. It's that that campiness, um, some of the camera angles, and the it, it looked a little bit cheaper. You could tell that there wasn't a huge budget for it. Like mm-hmm. there was parts where I'm like, "Is Herman Munster the same color he was in the previous shot?" Because the color looked a little bit different. The lighting, because well, the stuff. light, the lighting was uh, wild. Yeah, um, it was. There, there was a there was a lot of 
yeah, the, you could there was uh, you could tell the budget was like modest, uh, <laughs> and that a lot of a lot of what they did with it was in the lighting. Uh, there were a lot of very stark colors, um, yeah. things of that sort. Yeah, highly saturated colors, uh, very colorful for a, I guess for a Rob Zombie movie, like yeah. he's always had a sense, you know, he's a designer. He's always had a sense for that kind of thing. But uh, this one's a lot more uh, colors popping, uh, mm-hmm. vibrant. Um, I agree neons, on that for sure. Neons and all that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it's like... Um, I feel like it took me a while to like get into the groove of what it was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that what the movie was doing was really just being Rob Zombie's uh, love letter to the Munsters as it was. He didn't try to like really change it. He didn't really try to make it something that the Munsters wasn't. The humor in the movie is like lifted straight out of the yeah. old sitcom. It's the same kind of uh, hokey jokes oh, yeah. and weird slapstick and all that. Like it, it, they could have, they could have, and, and it, it wasn't all just like uh, rehashed stuff. Like there were Easter eggs and nods to the, the series that was like, Oh, you know, that was that, that detail, like uh, Herman's uh, rock star outfit yeah. that he wears. Like that's straight out of the, the show. Um, yep, he's that. wearing that exact same outfit in one of the episodes of the show. Um, so there's stuff like that all through it. Uh, so, but it wasn't like he was just rehashing or just going, I'm going to replay all of these things that you remember from specific episodes. Um, but the humor was the same kind of humor. They could have like, this could have, the humor could have been written right into an old episode of the show. It, and I feel like it would have made oh, sense. Great. I totally agree. It, there were the, because it was originally in black and white, uh, but there was a colored movie at some point mm-hmm. later, maybe like, and late it was kind of garish too. Yes. It just totally yeah. looks exactly like that. That's he's like, he watched that movie. He's like, I want that color palette right there. It, give mm-hmm. me is, is saturated technicolor as you can uh, paint that motherfucker like bright green. That's what yeah. I want. <laughs> um, what'd you think of the cast? I mean, uh, of course you had Sherry Moon. I mean, she she's okay. She wasn't I mean, she, she played was, the character okay. She she copied what the original actress did, so she was uh okay. Uh my wife actually really liked her and she's not a Sherry Moon zombie fan, mm-hmm. so to speak, but she really enjoyed but she is a, a Munsters fan. We're we're big fans of all that stuff here, you know. Uh we're we're more team Adams family than team Munsters, but we love all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I gotta ask, but, is anyone uh, she, really a Sherry Moon zombie fan? Uh, I don't really know. Rob Zombie is. Rob <laughs> Zombie <laughs> is. Uh, I have a feeling a lot of the. Uh, I feel like a lot of the uh, Lily wardrobe probably came home with them. Uh, so, <laughs> to fulfill uh, Dave, some childhood I think, fantasies she, I, of I Rob think they Zombie. had that wardrobe before the movie. They might have, <laughs> but actually, that brings up a point though: is that a lot of her costuming was actually really cool and well yep. done, um, and a lot of the other characters too. I thought she was okay. I thought her performance, like she, uh, she, Yvonne DiCarlo'd as well as Sherry Moon Zombie could have. So good for <laughs> good job. I, I really um, like the guy who, who did Grandpa or the cow. He, that's him. what I was gonna say. Uh, Daniel Robach like yeah. channeled Grandpa. He was great. Uh, when I was a kid. Had, I, like, I, I got called Grandpa Munster a lot because of the way yeah. I looked. 
<laughs> like, yeah, I, a grin on your I, face right now. Now I see it. I do. I, I, I got called combination between him and Corey Feldman for some reason when I was a kid. I was, I was like an old vampire or a whatever. Um, yeah, I thought he did really well. And like uh, Igor uh, was Sylvester McCoy. One of the Sylvester doctors. McCoy. Yeah. It took yeah. us until the movie was over to figure out who he was. Right. Yeah. And uh, I got the guy who played Herman did a, did a good job. I mean, he didn't try to play him exactly like his voice, but man, the laugh and some of the syncopations, it was, he yeah. was spot on. Yeah. He got the, he did the laugh pretty well. And the, the kind of frenetic, like he's in this hulking body that he doesn't have complete control of. Like he did that kind <laughs> yeah. of like slapsticky stuff pretty well. It's, it's a, like, is yeah. it a great movie? No, nope. it's not a great movie. Is it a fun family movie to watch around Halloween? Yeah. Is it a loving tribute to the Munsters? Yeah. It was cool. I I, I ended up liking it. I was going to say... I, I, go ahead. I was to say, I laughed quite a bit. Um, like, it was hokey. I surprisingly and, like, did, too. And, uh, yeah, it was stupid as hell, but, like, it was enjoyable. I also, and uh, Cassandra Peterson was in it. Oh, yeah. So that, was, that was cool, too. Elvira. Um, Elvira, yeah. She was the uh, real estate agent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a scene... Uh, Chris, if you ever watch it, uh, where they're in uh, Paris and then they go into like this, um, like this Parisian like courtyard type of deal, where it's like restaurants and all this, and there's a guy doing like a mime there. That whole shot, when everybody reacts to them, there was shots in. I, I was watching. I'm like, holy crap! This is just like the schlockiness of a monkey's episode. <laughs> they were doing ex- exact stuff I would have expected to see on the monkeys. I'm like, all right, I get what they were going for. And that's what the monsters TV show was, which a lot of people don't remember that they don't how campy it really was. How, how mm-hmm. far apart in time were those two shows? Uh, same time. Yeah. But they were airing the same time. Yeah. Well, then that makes sense. Yeah, there were only the- like two seasons of the monsters. I think like it wasn't around for very long. Um, I don't think if, I don't think if like, my generation and younger watched it on Nick at night. Like they had any exposure to it at all. No, it's older people like us, I guess. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I grew up watching that a lot, you know, they, the, they would always show like the monkeys and then the monsters and like Batman all together, you know, mm-hmm. they all fit together sort of in a weird way, but yeah. Uh, don't. So uh, like I said, don't go in this expecting a Rob zombie horror movie. Um, it's absolutely not that no if let me ask you a question dave if rob zombie didn't have his name attached to this movie do you think it would have do you think it'd be getting as much hated as it no but i also don't think it'd be getting as much attention as it is either so good point that is a good point all right uh one of the movies that i i I saw uh was clerk three in the theater a couple weeks ago which is already coming out on uh, like streaming next month, and then Blu-ray in December. Have you, anybody has anybody else beside me seen it? You uh, saw I've it, Chris. It. Yep. All right. Yeah, so you can't go to the theater. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be out soon, dude. Trust I'll me, rent I'm, it for you. I'm missing movies more than anything. Like that's the biggest loss uh, from having to stay home as much as we are. Because I understand. You know, I used to Justin go like is three a, times a week. You know? Justin's a big uh, movie like buff completely. Not only that, but there's like so much good horror stuff coming out over the past month. And I've just been dying to see everything and I can't. I have to wait for it to come out on demand. 
So, so Chris, without spoiling Clerks Three, because there's some major stuff in this movie, what did you, what was your overall? What did you think of it? I um, I tried to go into it with kind of low expectations because uh-huh. I I was a Kevin Smith fanatic, um, and then he after Zach and Miri, he kind of lost me. Um, I actually really I really like Jersey Girl. I really like yeah. Clerks Two. I really like Zach and Miri. Um, after that, it was like cop out, and then and then like the 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 movies that started to try that he tried to start to get serious, like Red State. I, I thought was pretty good, but then Tusk was just off the wall, and Yoga Hosers was <laughs> like Tusk. by far the okay, worst thing he's ever done. <laughs> Yoga Hosers is Yoga Hosers was terrible. It's oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's not a good movie, but it's not. I think he was he he made what he was aiming to make. You know what I mean? Right. But I only watched it because it like as a collector of you know Kevin yep. Smith movies, it's like you know you have to watch everything. And um, shout out to the Clerks animated series if you've never watched that. Oh, that yeah. is oh, that was great. Um, Which apparently it uh, that and the Dogma or somebody they're being held up by uh, yeah, Miramax, I think. Yeah. yeah, like I don't know if you noticed, but like DVD copies of Dogma are worth like forty bucks, and Blu-rays yeah. are worth even more. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to get a Blu- I wanted to get a Blu-ray copy of Dogma because that's like one of my all-time favorite movies, and it's I think well over one hundred and fifty dollars to find. Crap, really? Yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, you can get Clerks and Chasing Amy for like five bucks a pop on Blu-ray. Uh, yeah. Just, it's all about distribution, I guess. Yep. Um, yeah, but getting back to the movie, um, so yeah, sure. I, I kind of went into it with low expectations. I thought Jay and Silent Bob reboot was 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 pretty good. Like, it, I didn't enjoy it as much as Strike Back, but um, I thought it was it was it was solid. Um, yeah, you can I, tell I, the bu- budgetary things are probably budget and and schedule wise is why. That's what I felt about Clark Three. It, it looked like it was on a lower budget and a, like a lower, you know lower time to actually do the filming and do it all. But, and you, and you could feel the, the urgentness in it. The same was reboot, which I liked reboot, but it's not a great looking movie by any means, you know? Right. And that's what I felt about clerk three, but the, I, I, I will say I don't like it as much. I like, I think clerks two is a much better film, but there's a lot of great elements in this new movie. I'm going to have to watch it again, of course, to make another, to really get my assessment of it. But, um, cause there's some stuff that happens in the movie. You're like, Oh fuck. Okay. They, yeah. they're going there. And yeah, it, a lot um, of it, you, it's, it's like his, he's, and it's a little annoying, no offense to Kevin, but that is sort of like the whole plot is sort of, you know, mirroring what happened to him in real life with the heart attack and all that. Right. And then, combine that with like um his you know cr- his experience with creating the original clerks movie yeah. and kind of so in I a way it's always kind of been his thing right i mean he he writes about what he experiences like right all the characters he writes and creates are based on people he knows right all of his movies and, you know are about working in a video store which is what he did you know yeah. it's like you know he, he always draws from his own life and puts as he should as he should it's I mean, very much a, a love letter to himself. <laughs> it is a love letter to himself, right, Chris? That's true. Yeah. Um, I, thought I don't know how much you guys know about the plot, but one of the characters has a heart attack, and he decides, I'm going to make a movie. And that movie happens to be really Clerks. 
Right. That makes sense. I thought the um, the tone was very similar to Clerks 2. Um, but I think that the fact, like, it just felt like, it really did feel like they were going back to the well, like, to, to what yeah. brought them to the dance. Um, it kind of, in a funny way, reminded me of, like, how Rocky Balboa was almost like a throwback to the first Rocky movie, um, mm-hmm. but in a modern way. And that sure. I felt that way about about this um i thought jeff anderson i think has always been like the most underrated of the kevin smith found have you ever watched watched Um, any of his other movies i've seen the one that he starred in like years ago back when i used to get like netflix discs like mailed to the house um i can't i can't think of the name of it was he it vulgar or was that something or was that Vul- a vulgar was one? Brian Johnson's movie about the right, sad clown right. that gets raped the clown. Yeah. I don't remember um, that. Spoiler. I can't remember the name of the Jeff Anderson movie, but he did a movie with the same guy who played Elias. Yes. And like they would oh, really? break, they would break into people's houses and then rearrange their furniture or like bring things in and hide it in their house and then leave. I've never I can't seen remember this. the name of the movie, but it had parts of it that were just brilliant. And it was written and directed by Jeff Anderson. Oh wow. I can't think of the name of the film though. We'll have to look it up, and I would like to watch that. Let's talk about Elias dressed up as King Diamond in this film. <laughs> I thought the timing of that was was pretty right? uh, apropos, considering our, our uh, podcast from last week. So exactly, man, uh, a good chuckle. That and uh, I, I gotta admit, dude, Brian O'Halloran, his monologue in this movie—he was—he's so underrated. He was so good. It was it, if Kevin Smith could win an Oscar that performance is Oscar worthy right there for, for real. And that's, it was really one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I love the, um, just the banter between the, the two clerks is, but yeah, like that, that was, um, I think there were like two, two different points in the movie where Brian O'Halloran had like two really emotional, emotionally charged, monologues that i really thought he did well and um it was fun seeing them i mean if you really know the original clerks like then you'll recognize that they brought back pretty much anybody that was alive uh when (laughs) you know that was in clerks one like I, i couldn't even believe that like some of those people were still alive the uh the roofer the star wars roofer was there like i mean yep. they, the chulies gum rep like they <laughs> they dug out they dug up everyone so um i thought it was a really nice tribute and, and a, a nice way i mean i feel like they could have called it a day after clerks too but i mean i didn't think that this was really excessive in any way and, it wasn't and i enjoyed a, it a lot it made and, sense. and like you yeah, said i want to see it again but it wasn't offensive in any way you know what i mean right like they could have he could have just you know, it feels like I just want to revisit these characters and here's what I want to do, which is great. Um, so I looked, I, up the name, I looked up the name of the movie. It's called. Yes, now sir. You know, now, you know, I've now, you know, thank you. Now you know, exactly. <laughs> I will watch that. I want to put that on my watch list. That's cool. I, I think you'll enjoy it, Carrie. <laughs> thank you. I, I did not know about that. Um, some fanboy I am. Holy crap. But yeah, um, if you haven't seen it yet, I think it's out of the theaters already. It was like doing that, that weird, um, uh, I can't think of what it was called. The it looks like the tour thing that Kevin always does. With well, the the tour, but they, like they had it in theater, then they like, they extended it. Um, but it was really expensive to go see it. It was like eighteen bucks a person, you know. Wow. But uh, Phasm, it was a Phasm event. That's what it was. I can't think of the name. But uh, it'll come out on on streaming in October, I think, and then Blu-ray after that. So you don't have to wait long to see it. 
That's good. That's good. I always need new stuff to watch. So, Dave, I got a question for you, sir. Uh, uh-huh. Disney Plus, Pinocchio, have you tried watching it? No. Haven't. I've tried watching this movie five times. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, we oh talked about We talked about it last time, and I talked about how the trailer looked like an absolute disaster of, like, just visually, the movie looks like a disaster. It's so, you know, there's some of these things they don't need to be redoing. And oh, Pinocchio yeah. is definitely one of them. Uh, it, that is I, a. It is still. It remains a masterpiece of animation. There's nothing that they oh, can yeah. improve on it by, by doing it over. The watercolors on that, in just like in the Montero scene, are it's amazing, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not a quitter, so I will probably throw it on the background one day and try to finish I'm it. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> I'm a masochist. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, has well, anybody through, been, if you made it through yoga hosers, how bad could it be? Hey, I went to, uh, I actually went to yoga hosers at a comedy club where Kevin Smith was there doing a QA afterwards. So me and George did. Yeah. Thanks to our, uh, thanks to Ming got me in, but speaking of clerk three, that whole shot in the beginning, we're all playing, um, uh, hockey on the roof with all, all of his current friends and people that he knows. I'm like, that was pretty cool. Yes. As somebody who played a lot of roller hockey as a, as a kid, uh, it always drove me nuts. I was like, there's not enough space for a full game up there. Like, these guys are barely, there's about 10 feet from net to net. And then they show that they do a pan shot, and it really shows, like, how the nets are, like, like yeah. just a few feet apart. And I was like, oh, you're ruining the illusion. Is that a New York, New Jersey thing? Because I don't think I ever did that down here. Uh, I played yeah, in Oklahoma like, all the time when I was a kid. Did you? Yeah, yeah. We, all the um, kids in the neighborhood would get together and roller hockey all the time. Yeah, you could you couldn't really like afford like rink time to go play ice hockey, and and so you, everybody rollerblades like blew up in like the early nineties, and I, and I just happened to be like you know eleven, twelve years old at the time, so it just like everybody I went to school with played roller hockey. It was quite the quite the phase. Has anybody been uh, watching House of the Dragon? Yeah. Are you caught up? Yep. Okay. I wasn't sure I was going to – I don't want to spoil too much. We'll talk about it later after the whole season's out. But I wasn't sure with the whole time jump and the character change, how I was going to feel about this new episode. Was it episode six? I actually liked it better. There was, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're telling a story, and I think yeah. they're doing a very good job telling that story. Um, and I just hope that it doesn't go off the rails the way the Game of Thrones did. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the show. I'm enjoying it. I look forward to every Sunday watching the new episode. Um, but I'm also like kind of not fully investing because of what happened before. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, I, and I say that I say that as a fan of Song of Fire and Ice. I mean, I read the books years and years and years ago before the show was ever even conceived. Um, What's the saying? Fool me once, type of deal. Right. They they really did some injustices to the work. Um, I mean, to be fair, it is George Martin's fault for not having the books out yet. So they had a complete story to work off of, but holy crap, how can you completely obliterate not only your franchise, but your fandom (laughs) with a couple of episodes? Like, I don't think any TV show has failed as catastrophically as Game of Thrones in the last season ever. Um, Uh, I I think Dexter might come fairly close. (sighs) 
but but Dexter didn't have nearly the following that Game of Thrones did. Yeah, I mean, you could I, you I would find you know Game of Thrones merchandise everywhere. Yeah, and, and people were obsessed with what house they were part of, and like it was all anybody talked about. And then yeah. one day it wasn't like it, it was that way before a Sunday night, and then come Tuesday, like everything was marked down to ninety nine cents, and everybody <laughs> was done with it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I, the. Um, do you remember that that year that happened? Was it? We had uh, Khaleesi. What's her name? I can't think of her name. Uh, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. We had her at Comic Palooza that weekend. And that yeah. Sunday <laughs> was the finale. We're yeah. like, oh, oh, my God. Thank God that finale didn't happen last week. Because we would have right. been like, we would have been screwed. I've, <laughs> nobody would have paid to see her. the timing of that happened that way. Yeah. It was that weekend, dude. We're like, holy crap. All right. Yeah, I remember that. Dodged a bullet there, man. <laughs> That's that's the reason why I haven't started watching the new show is because I still feel the burn. Yeah, from... I, I was very hesitant to start it for that reason. Uh, like I, I didn't care in the beginning, but I got to tell you, man, they've really done an outstanding job so far with it. I'm I'm very hooked. Some masochism there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. A... We, we gave the first episode a shot. We're like, all right, and we sort of got pulled into it. I think with a Patty Considine con. That he's doing a great job, Mr. King. Yeah, he's great. It's well cast. I mean, uh, the they're all doing a great job. I don't think there's a single character that I like hate. And there were people in Game of Thrones that I legit hated. Like every time Sophie Turner was on screen, I just wanted to turn it off. <laughs> but uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I think I'm willing to just wait until the whole thing is done, and if every, if they say it ends okay, then I'll marathon the whole gonna, thing yeah. in a couple of weekends. But uh, you got, you, I don't at know. At least you have other fantasy series to dive into. I was about to I was about to mention Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Has everybody caught up with that? I I haven't watched it since we talked about it last time. Oh, you I haven't gotta catch back. I got to talk catch back up. Yeah, it's comparatively to Game of Thrones, it's different, but I'm enjoying. The, the Lord of the Rings much more. It's much more high fantasy, you know, a less, lot less sex for some reason. I, I don't know what that's all about, but a lot of le- no, not as much incest. Um, well, you know, that's always a welcome factor. That wasn't Tolkien's bag, you know? But, no. Uh, <laughs> but the Rings of Power, I know what it's about, but I'm like, when are the rings going to show up? They haven't really, they haven't, they haven't got to that yet. They're getting there. All right. Um, one of the shows I do hey, want to mention. Hey, don't, don't forget Wheel of Time too. I mean, I know it's on on break between season one and season two. See, but I, 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 I haven't, one. I haven't watched that yet. Is there something I should? Would I be into it? Yes, you'd be into it. Like I have, I don't know the story. I don't know the books. I don't know any of that stuff. I think of all my, I think of all the fantasy series that I read, and I've read a lot of them. Wheel of Time is like top three for me. Uh, okay. It's it's a great series. Um, there are some places that lull because it's twelve giant books, but. Uh, or 13 rather, I guess Brandon Sanderson wrote the last one, but um, who was the original author for that with the Heinlein Robert Jordan, Robert Jordan. Jordan. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it, it has some of the best characters um, out of any of these series. So, okay. I think, I think you'll like it. Uh, it's I Am- it's watch, an Amazon thing, right? It's an Amazon thing. I'd say watch the first, first season, see what you think. Okay. Um, I, I will. I'm looking for something like that to get into. Chris or Dave, have you do you know the series? Have you read the books or anything like that? I started the first book one time, and uh, not for any good reason. I put it down and didn't come back to it. Uh, I do that a lot. 
uh, I'll start something and then forget that I started it because uh-huh. you know ADHD or whatever. But uh, <laughs> um, I don't. So I don't have any like criticism against it. Um, there's no reason why I stopped reading it. Uh, I have a, I have a tiny bit of familiarity with it. Is all though. What about you, Chris? Um, I no. I I have a, a good friend who like the books were his favorite thing in the world, and uh-huh. he he was really not like happy with the the way the show. Out of deviated or, or changed what he I've, I've heard that a lot too yeah but. so I, I think it's interesting that you said that you enjoyed it I think that that you know it makes me say I mean I have no skin in the game I've never read the book so I could watch the show and just enjoy it for what it is exactly I mean it's been a long time since I read the books um, I think I've, I read the 13th book when it came out and that was 10 years ago or so and I'm sure there are massive differences I know at least racially they changed a lot of the characters and things like that but I mean, that kind of stuff, it never really bothers me. Um, right. Cause I mean, it's really at its core, it's about the story. And I, I, uh, I prefer when they cast for the character who does better for the character than, than the color of the skin or that type of stuff, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah and I, I know there's like some major story elements they've changed, but I'm hoping that the showrunners know what they're doing with that. Because I mean, as long as they get from point A to point B and resume before all the, the kick-ass stuff starts, then I don't really care what the journey is as long as, you know, it's entertaining. Um, so really, it's, it's just about seeing where it goes. I mean, it's like what they did with walking dead. Like they changed walking dead so drastically from the comics, you know, yeah. and some of the, some of those changes were, were okay. And some of the other ones were just fucking awful. Uh, it really, it really depends, you know? Um, I, I have not. Yeah. Like maybe I, I was out like it season, like six or seven or something like that. I don't even know what they're on now. I know it was the last season, but like they're on like 12, the 12th spinoff now. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> you know, I did, uh, one of the streaming services that had the tales from the walking dead, which is like, I guess they're standalone episodes. And I watched the first one, which had, um, Terry Crews in it and Olivia Munn. And I actually thought that was pretty good because it's like right during the beginning of everything happening. There's different viewpoints and storylines. I thought that was sort of cool, but that's the only one I've watched. Uh, I actually Dave, just, I, I just mar- like not marathon would be the wrong word. I watched a bunch of YouTube recaps of <laughs> each episode of the last. So there's three parts of this final season. And so I watched the first part. I skipped the second part. The third part starts ne- next week, I believe. So mm-hmm. yeah. I was just like, do I want to keep watching this? So I was like, I'll watch some guy talk for six minutes about each episode and and it actually seems pretty it it seems like not bad um but i mean i totally understand like a lot of people once uh negan was introduced that was kind of like their they were like yeah i think i'm done um so that's where i I fell out and it it wasn't even like i like jeffrey Dean Dean morgan's fault no i like jeffrey dean morgan and i thought he was doing a good job of playing negan it's just the show like totally shit the bed at that point. It was just uh, you know, the writing, it, it, man. It was, well, it was the same problem that I had been saying since the beginning is that they took what made the books so cool, which was Rick. Cause Rick was the best character. Yeah. It took all the good parts of Rick and they gave it to Norman Reedus and then they made Rick's character completely shitty. And they kind of did the same thing with Carl. Like, so the two characters that should have been the main focal point just weren't that interesting. And they couldn't carry the show anymore. Once Glenn was dead. And that's why I stopped watching. Right. To me, it was the way that they like the uh, what killed it for me was 
the the cliffhanger ending when they introduced Negan. Yeah. And it was like, oh, he killed somebody, but you're going to have to wait till next season to find out who it was. And like everyone knew who it was. And so then they killed two characters off and that was supposed to be the twist. And I was like, the better way to have handled that then would have to have taken out Glenn at the end of the season and then opened the next season with him taking out Abraham. I feel like that would have been more emotionally impactful. And it, I feel like the emotional impact of the show lost a lot of momentum during the season break because of how they handled that. And then when it came back, that first episode Mm-hmm. where Negan's like showing Rick the ropes of this new whole new world or whatever. It didn't make any goddamn sense. And Too many time jumps. I, and stuff I, like just, that. I just, yeah. I fell out. I was like, I don't care. Yeah, they also had a lot of, they also had some, some people they definitely miscast. Like Lori Holden was a terrible Andrea. And, and I think she really dragged the show down for the first yeah. few seasons. So instead of jumping the shark, which is the normal term, why don't we just say bash Glenn in the head? That's when they bash Glenn in the head. They really brained Glenn on that one. Huh? <laughs> Man. Um, Daddy. So, uh, Dave, I have a, have, did you see the news about the, the newest upcoming Disney movie they announced tonight? I don't know what was. So what they're doing uh, a figment movie. I oh, okay. I I think I, I I caught glimpse of something about that. So uh, it's, what uh, does that mean? How are they doing a figment? I movie? don't I don't know yet, but it's it's being done by Seth Rogen's company, which yes and no, but it's also being written by the the two screenwriters who did Detective Pikachu, which I saw okay. that movie, the Pokemon Detective too. Pikachu, and I thought they treated it was fun. They treated the characters the way they should have been treated. Uh, as far as like a Pokemon movie, so I didn't. They know. Don't I, had have... to, I had to ask my daughter. I was like, "So how how was the?" I was with her, and I was like, "How was the movie?" <laughs> she was like, it was pretty good. I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> cool." <There you> go. <laughs> I, uh, I I couldn't tell if Dreamfinder is not in this movie. I'm 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 riding right there. It, okay, it, it needs to be Figment in Dreamfinder. Um, it, this needs to propel Figment back to where he was as uh an icon for the park you know what i mean and not not what it is now so leave new, eric idle out of it is what you're saying you know i love eric idle but I do too. uh yeah leave eric idle out of we'll it leave him sure. out <laughs> i don't think it's we can't blame eric idle it's not his fault it's the well it, it you know they decided to redo it take out the dream finder and the second version was even worse and nobody liked it so they're like oh well we need to close this and add some fun to it or something Hey, speaking of uh, Disney and fantasy series, how yes. excited are you guys for Willow? I'm stupid excited. I haven't kept up. I haven't kept up with the promo stuff for it. Um, I saw some of the really, really early stuff, like just after it had been announced. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't kept up with it since then, but I don't care. I'm excited to the the uh, D23 trailer is amazing. It really is. Yeah, like I, I, need to, I, was, I need to watch it. I was jokingly just like, "Well, they're making a Willow series." Like I'm, I'm tentatively kind of excited, but then I saw that trailer and it like blew me away. I mean, it's you so know, good. I had a I, I had a conversation last time Chris Claremont was at um was at Comic Palooza. It was right after they announced, oh, we're going to be doing a Willow series. So I, uh, if you don't know out there, uh, Chris Claremont and George Lucas wrote uh, a trilogy sequel book series to Willow. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's interesting if you've never read it. But uh, I asked him what he thought about the series. It's like, if they're not using my storylines, he's like, there's going to be an issue. I'm like, hmm. 
Probably <laughs> not, dude. Issue, yeah. yeah, you're probably not going to get paid for your <laughs> for whatever you're you're thinking, but you know, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That comes out in November, right? Yeah, I'm not sure on the and the Haunted yeah. the Haunted Mansion movie. That There's was, a bunch uh, of info about that too. That was a Willow was like a, a formative experience for me as a child. Me too. Um, I, di- I didn't see it in the theaters, um, but I, it was one of the first movies that I can remember watching on like VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it, yeah, it was, it was probably a formative experience. It informed a lot of uh, what I ended up liking in stories and movies and, you know, uh, it, it introduced me to high fantasy of that kind. Yep. You know, I mean, I was, I was like five, six years old, I, I guess when the movie came out. So, um, yeah, it was definitely impactful for me. So that was one of the first movies I ever got to see in the theater, um, where my, my parents dropped me and my friends off to go watch it. 19, was it 1988, right? Somewhere around there, 87, yeah. 88, something like that. So I would have been, 11 12 something around there so yeah it was i loved that movie so much yeah 88 yeah where am i i I think we might have discussed this before one of my go-to names for characters in any kind of like rpg fantasy style games is ass hattigan and i get that from willow nice and a lot of games recently have not let me use that name, but I will tell you that Disney Dream, whatever, Dream Fantasy Valley or whatever it's called, they let me use that as a name. All right. Disney's got your back, dude. Uh, apparently they do. <laughs> uh, speaking of Disney, has anybody, uh, let's get into what we Star Wars real quick. Has anybody been watching Andor? Yeah, I watched it. Oh, that doesn't sound very positive. <laughs> I didn't love it, and I'm not in love with it. It's okay. I've I've watched all three. I've watched part of the fourth one, which was I started watching it tonight, and I sort of got a little distracted watching it. It's a little um, boring. It's slow in places, and it's a little boring. I yeah, I can agree on that. There's parts of it where they could definitely speed it, but I think that's the part of having so many episodes. So we always bitch, oh, just not enough. There's too many episodes. There's not enough episodes. It's um, I, I like where they're going. It's a definitely a different Star Wars series. It's not it's not high Star Wars. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, there's also the the robot B two emo. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> What's with oh, that? I is, get that it. is that really his name? <laughs> really yeah, his it name. is B two emo. B two emo. B two emo. Yep. Okay. Daddy, Scar- Daddy, I mean, we got Daddy Scarsgard in it. I mean, he's not bad. Yeah, I, like it's not terrible or anything. It's just a little boring. It's, I have, okay. I have I don't Star know. Wars fatigue. I, I have, I have, I, I love Star Wars. I have Star Wars fatigue though. I never finished Book of Boba Fett, and there's a bunch of other of the recent Star Wars stuff that I've, I've, like either started and didn't finish or whatever. It's, and it's not even that like I hate it. I just yeah. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. I I I still haven't watched Boba Fett. Um, you know, I watched Mandalorian. I watched Obi Wan. I'm sorry, um, the Bo- yeah, book of Boba I, Fett. I'm a huge Boba Fett nerd, but the book of Boba Fett is really Mandalorian season two point five. Yeah, that's, and that's what everybody says. I'm sure I'll watch it at some point, but 
you know, like like Dave said, it's Obi Wan was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. But like Dave said, it is like it's just like overkill with the amount of content. I I feel the same way about Marvel too, as far as like there's just so there's just so much content that um, I'm like chronologically still up to like where um, Endgame finished. (laughs) I haven't even gotten up to like to like that generation of stuff. I'm a little bit inclined to agree with the Marvel movies. Like I have Marvel movie fatigue, but like the TV shows where they're like bite-sized digestible and sure. fun. Like I, I can't complain about the TV shows at all. I mean, they all have their flaws, but um, I, I really enjoy that. They keep releasing Marvel TV shows, but the movies it's like some of them are really good. And some of them are just like, God, when is this going to end? <laughs> Here, here's what I say. Here's what I'm going to say about Andor. And we'll move on. I mean, I, I'm going to watch it because it's Star Wars. I enjoy this type of stuff, but it's one of my least favorite characters from any Star Wars property. He's not that memorable of a character, but I, if you go, if you look at this as not as it's a story of Andor, it's a story of the rebellion growing and in, 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 in really rising up is where I think they're taking that show. And if that's what really happens more down the future, I'm I'm in for that because I know Mon Mothma is going to show up. All this stuff is going to well, happen, that's, but that's, that's, they're that's taking just, a long time to get there. That's Disney show, Disney Star Wars show mo. It's it's like they spend a lot of time building up to the the payoff, and then there's a couple of really good payoff episodes. But you got to slog through the stuff that just kind of sucks to get to the worthwhile parts. Well, the Marvel and Netflix are that way too. Uh, not every series. Some of them were. Did you? Uh, it was pretty consistently good. Speaking of the, you, we'll go back to MCU real quick. Have you been watching She-Hulk, Justin? Yeah. I, Do you yeah. like it? Um, I really like it actually, but I like okay. Charles Soule's comic that it's yeah. based on. Um, I think that the twerking with Megan the Stallion was a little, little bit too much. Was that but, jump? Was that bashing Glenn in the head? No, it wasn't even that. It was something completely new. It's it's twerking with Megan the Stallion. We, we, we I mean, coined that term of phrase too. I mean, we've all dreamed about it, right? No, I don't know, okay. I don't know what you're into, Carrie. Uh, right. But <laughs> I didn't even know who she was until she showed up on the show. So you know, like like the whole the whole switcheroo. I wish that was the changeling lady, like pretending yeah. to be a, a pop. Like that all fit into the story so well. It's just like those you know, post-credit goofy scenes like she, she like, I, I don't know. They're trying to present She-Hulk as a serious character who is lighthearted and fun, but they don't want to make her like slapsticky goofy. And they put like a really slapsticky goofy, you know, scene in there, you know, and I, I get that it was, you know, maybe not Canon cause it was a post-credit scene or whatever, but I don't know. It, that one kind of threw me off a little bit, but I didn't hate it. It was fine. Um, the other post-credit scenes were much better though. Like, I, sure. hope they bring, I hope they bring back the wrecking crew and like actually make them a more. I know. Uh, I couldn't believe they had the wrecking oh, crew, and I'm like, holy crap! I thought that was really cool. Who um, do you think? Who do you think is trying to get her blood? Who do you think that person is? It's not Mephisto. Maybe it's Ross. Okay, I didn't even think about that. Lot, Ross would make a lot of sense because they're getting he's, ready to do the Thunderbolts movie. The and Red Hulk, he's, yeah. He's got to get the blood somehow so he can turn into Red Hulk. But so isn't the actor dead? The original guy who played Thaddeus Ross, yeah. yeah. But um, I'm sure they've got somebody new they're going to cast in Thunderbolts. Yeah, they could do it. Yeah. Speaking of, I just this just came across you know uh, one of my news feeds. Uh, Julio passed away. Yeah, I just saw that. Wow. Yeah, just a couple minutes ago. Yeah, wow. 59. 
Did they say from what? Uh, no, they just said he found they found him at a friend's house. So no confirmation of anything besides that. Wow. It sucks. It always sucks when uh, somebody you grew up, you know, listening to or knowing passes away, you know? He's in that gangster's paradise in the sky, man. <sighs> I was, He's I was at least in gangster's purgatory. <laughs> depends on, depends know, on your beliefs. <laughs> um, all right. So you guys want to move into our, 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 our main topic of the evening, video games. Before we talk about our favorite genres, I do want to mention one game that I've been playing quite a bit of, and I'm playing it on the three on the Xbox Series X. It's called Metal Hellsinger. Have you played this yet, Dave? I've played the demo. I, I the haven't demo. gotten the game yet. Yeah, the, the demo is fucking great, and I'm absolutely going to get the game. I just I haven't yet. It's this is so- this is a game that was made. I think they they went. We need to make a game for Dave. That's they what did. We need to do. They, they're like, okay, Dave really likes Doom, right? Yes. He really likes heavy metal music. Yes. He likes, uh, do you like Guitar Hero style games? Yes. I, I play guitar, so. I, well, there you go. Uh, I play plastic guitar, so. Uh, well, at least I did. But yeah, this, this game is, it's so, it's so awesome. It's so metal. Um, it's the the first song with Michael Stane on it. Mm-hmm. It's so cool because like once you start getting good and you like you get to like your spot is when the vocals kick in and I, I think the music in is really good. It's all done by the the the, the guys that work on it. They did a whole live show at um, it might have been Gamescom or something like that recently. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was so cool. If you haven't played this game, it's it's if you have Game Pass, it's free right now. And apparently I just saw them post something about that. If you have the PC version, it's customizable. You could put any music you want to it. I'm like, all right, now you got me oh, interested wow. there. Cause they <laughs> you showed like, that, you just bought that like top end gaming PC. Not that long ago. So. I do. I could play it. They use it for something other than roller coaster tycoon. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, actually it's planet coaster. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. But, the, the 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 trailer they showed like hey you can customize your song they're like hey we're gonna show some like high end jazz music in in the game and stuff like that so I'm like all right I'm interested in that um, but yeah I love that game the other game I wanted to talk about I know I think Justin you've played this game it's uh, another heavy metal based game but it's so cute Cult of the Lamb I'm obsessed with Cult of the Lamb that's I, what I've been playing for the last like month yeah what are you playing it on uh, my switch. I bought an okay. OLED switch about a month and a half ago. Oh, did you? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Because my switch light was getting like laggy and stuff. So, gotcha. It's time to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, we did that for my wife. Uh, maybe like six or seven months ago, we traded her light for an OLED. I bought it on the on the Xbox. I had credit. And I'm like, I'm just want to. I want to play it. I'm gonna check it out. But I actually picked it up for uh, for my wife's switch a couple nights ago. Like you've got to, you've just got to play this. It's it's right up your alley. It's, it's really fun. I mean, it's a uh, it's resource management. Um, yeah, but that's not my favorite working, part about it. But you're also working on building up a village. It, it kind of like the the best way I can describe it is like uh, Animal Crossing meets like Zelda type roguelike games, but with a demonic twist. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's evil. 
yeah. it's fun though, but it's a, it's like a cute evil, you know what I mean? But right. uh, you you uh, like you said, you you go through like these these sections where you're you're fighting enemies and you're collecting stuff and you're building up your your village so people can worship you and you could sacrifice your villagers. Yeah, the, the more cultists you have and the more loyal they are to you. And the more like structures you have and things that generate power for you, the stronger you become, which makes fighting and beating the villains, you know, easier. Yep. It's basically, you're basically fighting against like four elder gods that have uh, imprisoned their youngest brother. Who's like the devil, uh, you know, uh, adjacent <laughs> and each one you defeat frees him from one of his four major chains. And so he grants you powers. And like, if you die, he brings you back to life. And he gives you special boons throughout the whole thing. And I have really, really well done. Yeah. I've got like one more of the elder gods to beat. So, oh, wow. uh, but it, I'm, I've probably, I'm not that one for sure. Yeah. I probably put, um, 60 hours into it, but I, I've spent, I've spent a lot of time with the resource management. Cause like, I really yeah. wanted to like get my cult as like strong as possible. This is, it's, it's fun. We get a metal health designer designed for Dave. This is a game designed for Justin. <laughs> Yeah, it pretty much is. <laughs> Chris, you have a Switch, right? I do. I do. That's is that, is that your main gaming uh your your main game system? Or? Yes. I mean I have a PS4 also, but um I don't really play it too terribly often. I'm just uh I love the I just love the being able to take the Switch off the dock and like just lay in bed or just just that that portability to like I've never docked yeah. mine, so I, I get you. I rarely, <laughs> yeah. I I never have mine docked. I mean, I have it like right in front of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, have you guys played um, Tunic? Yes. Nope. So it came out for this. It came out on the Switch yesterday, and oh, did it come out on so, Switch? Yeah, I heard so many good things about it that I I pre-ordered it, and it is a blast. It, it's like um, it reminds me of like a two and a half D. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, yep. but crossed with like Dark Souls. Um, yes. it, it, it's it's really just kind of my kind of uh, jam and I've been really enjoying it. If you like that, if you like that style, that game, there's uh, another game I want to recommend. I think it's called at Death's Door. It's about you're like a raven. I've you heard know what I'm talking good things about? about that. Yeah, I, I think that's what it's called. I'm going to double check, but. Yeah, I play. I played Tunic on the Xbox, and I didn't know it was on the Switch. I mean, that's like a perfect Switch game. Yeah, well, that was the thing. I was listening to these other uh, another uh, video game podcast, and they were they were uh, one of the guys was like, "I've been playing Tunic like nonstop on the Xbox, but this is a game that was like made to be on the Switch. So uh, hopefully, one day it'll come out on the Switch." And sure enough, at the last uh, direct, they announced it, and it came out yesterday. So. Uh, yeah, but I was playing it right before we went on. Uh, we started recording, as a matter of fact. But uh, other besides that, I've been I'm I'm like over two hundred and sixty hours into uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two. Just um, obsessed. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I there's it, it, so is that is that an action RPG or is it like turn based? It's more action than turn-based. It it's, it's it's not like your uh, classic like Final Fantasy style. Okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not a is, huge. I'm just not a fan of like turn-based or like turn-based strategy like right. RPG games or like we have the grid and stuff like that. I'm like once they're like oh it's a turn-based. I'm like oh I'm out. It's not for me. 
but no, this is more like everybody just runs in and starts swinging, okay. and yeah, it's um, that I could be more it's, into. It's 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 so dense with mechanics. Like, there's so many tutorials at the beginning of the game. At the beginning of the game, I was like, I'm not gonna like this. Like, I, and it took a while, <laughs> and then I finally it clicked one day, and I've been absolutely obsessed with it. Like, I just can't get enough. And there's so much. If you're a completionist, there's so much you can yeah. do. Um, is it one of those games where 25 hours in, they're still showing you new things, how to do stuff? New yes. Tra- <laughs> new training? <laughs> yes. Yes. I figured it would be. Yeah. Um, get your money for one of those games, though. I was, sure. I was trying to get through it as, as quickly as possible because the third one had come out, I, I don't know, a month ago. And I'm still... Uh-huh. I'm still working on the uh, the the DLC that came with the second one, so you know I'll get to it eventually. I just I, I'm a big fan of the Shovel Knight series. I just picked up uh, the new one called Shovel Knight Dig. Um, it's very roguelike, so um, it's imagine. Do you remember Mister Driller? You guys remember that game at it. all? No. Nope. So you sort of you have to dig down to the levels, but it's a action platformer mixed with like that. You have to just keep on going down into levels. Um, but every time you die, it's 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 different. It's like a ro- the roguelike in that aspect. Oh, that roguelike thing. Yep. Yeah. Which is the the big rage right now. I, uh, I I will say I the one of the games I have not started yet. I probably will this weekend. But I've downloaded is Return to Monkey Island on my Switch. I know Nara's been like completely. Oh obsessed. yeah. A friend of Nar is like a Monkey Island nerd, just like obsessed. <laughs> so I've picked it up. I haven't started yet because I know it's something I have to really devote some time into. You know what I mean? Speaking of, let's talk about our favorite genres. Uh, this is the what we all came here for tonight. So since you are a guest, Chris, I'm going to let you start. Uh, let's let's do it this way, easy way. Um, I know we all have different uh, styles of games that we enjoy. You mentioned. Dinoblade Chronicles, maybe not for me, but um, so let's go through your like your favorite uh, genres and some of the like games you recommend in those. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I uh, I know we've spoken um, you know off air about our, our shared love of of Metroidvanias and uh, that um, I, like I don't know if I really have a favorite genre of game because there's just a lot of different types of games that I really enjoy. Like, you know, some of my favorite games of all time are, you know, uh, breath of the wild and also like, uh, you know, Zelda two. So, I mean, like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I, I am a Zelda fan. I did not like breath of the wild. I could not get into that game. And you put enough time into it. Cause it doesn't really get until halfway through. I, and we've talked about that before. I definitely did not. I, de- I know that for a fact. Will I, was, I play the new one probably, but <laughs> I was scared to death of it when I started playing it because I'd never played anything like with that kind of scope. It was so overwhelming. I had no idea what to do. I was so used to linear Zelda games, but once it clicked, it turned into like the most incredible gaming experience. Like I, I, I just fell in love with it, but there's definitely a, I think a, a steep curve as far as like, how long it takes you to get that that click my, um, my damn sticks kept on breaking i'm like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> the f- the very first thing i did was i picked up an axe and pressed the wrong button and just threw it into a lake and i was um <laughs> i was streaming on twitch at the time and that got a real fu- you know everybody started laughing at me so um 
that was my first experience but yeah like i didn't know what was happening uh the first time i played that game and it it just um now i'm super excited for the the sequel that uh they announced that's coming out in may next year but um tears yeah, of like, the something tears of the the kingdom yes okay. tears of the kingdom i was gonna say tears um, of the dragon but that's a bruce dickinson song yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um but uh it was um when i was in high school uh you know i didn't own a, a ps1 and i had a friend who uh was um he, he came to me and he's like you know were you into castlevania at all and i go no i never really had any of the the nes games he goes you got to play this game symphony of the night and so he showed me he basically like trained me like a mr miyagi like how to play the game <laughs> from start to finish where every secret like broken wall was and wax that on, was like that was the start yeah that was the start of it for me i was like these games are so much fun because there's there's a, a, a certain simplicity to it in the fact that like you can only go so far until you find a certain item that's going to get you to to um get further i i actually played super metroid after symphony oh. of the night wow you know <laughs> so, metroid is a one of one of the all-time great games oh yeah it was a fantastic game i i play uh symphony night about once a year i'll go back Same. and play through it again yeah i love that i love that game uh but i've never yeah, played it but i i love super castlevania um and I, I have that on my snes and i play that probably once a year <laughs> yeah yeah. The, uh, yeah, I never the, really played a lot of the Castlevania games. Um, I, like I played the first one. I still have my copy of it, but uh, and I played a little bit of Super Castlevania. And I know I played one of the Castlevania games on like PlayStation Two. I don't remember what the name of it was. Um, maybe Lords of Shadow. Maybe I don't remember. But three D one. Uh, it was yeah, it was three D. Yeah. Um, but like, so I don't have a whole lot of, which is weird because like Castlevania seems like exactly my kind of thing but i've never played a whole lot of them um but i do like the metroid games like especially like the core the core metroid games they did that like weird like m game or whatever by other studio that i didn't have any interest in other m yeah that was a ninja series i believe yeah yeah but like the, the core Nin- Metroid games, I've always really liked uh, the the exploration of them. It, well, I, I'll get maybe get into that. But exploration games are, are a genre yes. that I enjoy. So uh, you would yeah. you would like the the Castlevania games that were done in the Metroid style, which mm-hmm. were Symphony of the Night and I, I would say the the 3DS and the and the Game Boy yeah, Advance. Those games. I I have all my original ones still. Those are my some of my favorite games of all time. Like. Aria of Sorrow is probably one of my favorite Game Boy games of all time. And there's a collection out now for Switch. You can it's digital only, but it, yeah. it, it includes three of those. Uh, the the 3D, or I think it's the GBA games, actually. Yep. yep. Um, totally worth getting if you're into it. So when we talk about Metroidvania, the first Metroidvania game really was Symphony of the Night, where they pulled elements of Metroid where you have to explore and open up new areas when you get new weapons and all that kind of stuff. And then all the DS and GBA and all that stuff came right afterwards. And it's sort of that genre just exploded from there, man. It's, it, it is one of my favorite genres. Anytime somebody's like, Oh, it's a Metroidvania. I'm like, Oh, Oh, don't have to you can tell me Jeez, I'm, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Um, like if you've, if you've played, never haven't played the Ori games yet. 
Uh, it's on on my list. Um, I actually have the first one sitting on my Switch, getting ready to be played oh, yeah. at some point because Beautiful. I've heard such good yeah. things. But I loved I loved Hollow Knight. Did you play Hollow, Hollow Knight? Knight? Oh yeah, Hollow Knight's difficult. Um, there's it's a sequel hard. to Hollow Knight coming out. Soon. Well, when <laughs> twenty three <laughs> apparently? Yeah. Um, yeah, Hollow Knight's on my list. Guacamelee is actually really fun. It's a. It's a I weird... was going to mention Guacamelee. Uh, you... I don't play as I don't play nearly as many of these as as you do, but I played Guacamelee and it was it was great. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, part two is really good too because it's 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 different. Um, I want to mention uh, it's a shorter game, but I had a blast playing it. Like when it came out two years ago, it's sort of Metroidvania ish, but it's a different take on the genre. You play like this like alien life form. The game called Carrion. If you have not played that game, it's short, but it's so so good. Carrion was fun. Is yes. that the one where you're like kind of this like amorphous Lovecraftian yep. yeah. thing? Yeah, I saw that. That looked interesting. It's, Axiom it's so Verge fun. was a another good one too. I didn't play the sequel, but the first Axiom Verge was uh, very much a. I felt a love letter to Metroid. So yes, that's one I played as well. Other, yeah, they're very uh, early, like eight bit Metroid looking graphics. You know, it's like one guy creating this whole game. Basically, the sequel just came out recently too, right? Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but uh, well, I just recently played the first one actually on recommendation from oh yeah friends that really enjoyed it. A couple, I'm looking through. Uh, I made a little bit of a list. We're talking about Metroidvania. If you've never played this uh, a game, it's called Gato Roboto. Um, it's on the switch. It's really fun. It's pretty cheap. Um, it's, you're a, a cat in a spacesuit going around like a Metroid style game. It's really cool. Um, blasphemous. If you have, you played that one, it's, I think it's another one. I think I, I like just hoard these games on my switch and just <laughs> hope that someday I'll get to them. Yep. Blasphemous is, uh, Metroidvania, but it's, uh, there's like elements of like dark souls into it with the gameplay. Uh, it's really dark and gothic and just really cool. Um, I'm looking through my list here. Um, the messenger. Oh, I was going to mention that. Um, okay. I you. loved the messenger. Um, so this is a game where you actually go between uh, an eight bit style game and a 16 bit style game depending on like which uh, like universe you're in, you kind of go back and forth between and the music is the eight bit style is done with like an NES chipset, and the 16 bit is done with a Genesis chipset. The music is done by um, I'm forgetting to forget his name. It's something crazy. Um, I have to look it up. The music is so good. Um, and the game is just a lot of fun. It's kind of like Ninja Gaiden meets yes. Metroid meets like Castlevania. It's a lot what, of things. What's, all... what's interesting about it is like the first third or almost half of the game is just a standard action platform where you're going level to level. And then all of a sudden it, it, it stops on its heels and turns into a Metroidvania style game. You're like, how did this happen? <laughs> but yeah, it, it's really, it's challenging. It's difficult. The DLC they put for that game, never able to, never able to beat it. It's so damn difficult. Yeah. Um, some of those like uh, stages towards the end, they're like meat, like meat boy, like challenging. Yes, totally. <laughs> May, 
So you just break your switch in half. You're like, God damn it. Yeah. Oh, and it's Ra- Rainbow Dragon Eyes was the guy who did the the soundtrack. Okay. For, yeah. It's a great soundtrack. It really is. When you mentioned like when you're in 8-bit and it's, it's the same music, but there's two different versions of it. It's really cool. Um, I, I'm really for really into like the way forward technologies games, like the Shantae series. If you ever played those, they're a lot of fun. Um, they did, uh, the mummy. Remember that horrible mummy movie that came out? The one with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. The one with Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise one. There's a Metroidvania game called the mummy demastered. That's actually done by actually, did you actually watch the movie carry? I, I did. I don't remember it, but I've, I know I watched it. <laughs> it was a whole lot better than I expected it to be. I mean, it, it got like universally destroyed by the critics and everybody else. But like, it's 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 one of those like bad movies that's actually kind of fun if you just get over yourself and enjoy it. Um, like, I I actually had fun watching that movie. It's not you know any. It's a pale comparison to like the Brennan Fraser Mummy, you yeah. know, or something like that. But I mean, it's comparable to like watching you know, the masters of the universe live action movie or something like it's full of problems, but it's, you know, it's, it's fun if you watch it for what it is. Yep. I, I know. I agree. Um, I didn't, I didn't think you were going to go there on that. I I thought you wouldn't like it at all, but it's just me. I'm not um, George. That's true. <laughs> Hope George is doing okay, by the way. Um, yes. Chris, have you played the bloodstain series yet? Uh, yes. Um, there was a, there's played... three of them right now. The Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is like the 3D Symphony of the Night, re, like yep. redone. Uh, and then there's like the two 8-bit versions, uh, Circle of the Moon. That's what it's called. Yep. I've played, uh, I've played the, the first 8-bit version and the, um, whatever the, fa- the fancier one, uh, yep. the, fa- yeah, which, um. Ritual of the Night. So that, that was done by Igarashi, who mm-hmm. I think was the guy behind Symphony of the Night and some of that the Game Boy Advance releases. Um, I never finished it though. I think it, like I just hit a part where it just got like super hard and I just lost track of it. But I was having a really good time. But it's uh, it's tough. It's Symphony of the Night is kind of maybe I've just played it too many times. I find that it's kind of easy. Um, whereas well, this was more challenging. The first time you ever played through it, no. Yeah, you, I'm sure you're right. Now it's like it's like the map is like in 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 in, in just ingrained in your head, so you know mm-hmm. you know what to do. I get it. But yeah, I can see uh, when Bloodstain first came out. I, I have it on the Xbox, but it was on Switch too, and apparently it was it was broken at first, but it's completely good now. It's a one of my favorites. Um, is there was anything else on your list for Metroidvania that these guys should check out, even? Um, I, I, I think I mentioned the ones that I, I liked the most. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't consider Shovel Knight a Metroidvania, would you? I mean, um, no, it's more kind really. of like stage by stage, but it's, more, it's, it's just a regular action platform, but I love those yeah, games too. It's a hell of, it's a hell of a lot of fun though. All right. Yeah. I'd say that's, uh, those are definitely my favorites. I, I thought, um, I thought the DS had some really good, uh, Castlevania games too, um, I just yes. think visually they were more on par with, with Symphony of the Night, whereas I think Game Boy Advance wasn't quite up to snuff graphically as PS1 was. Um, the, there's some really good-looking Castlevania games on the DS. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, check out that uh, the Advanced collection, which is really cool. Uh, when we mentioned Metroid and Super Metroid, but um, the couple of the, like, the Nintendo DS or the GBA versions, like uh, Metroid Zero Mission was really good. 
Yep, fusion um, as well. Yeah, even the new Metroid Dread. Um, there's elements of it I did not like, but phenomenal game as well. Did you play um, Metroid? Uh, I think it was Metroid Returns. Was the uh, yes, the that's the, rem- the, the remake of the GBA game, right? Yep, or the no, the original Game Boy game, the the second. Oh yeah, that's game. right. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, um, Metroid that was Returns. Excellent. That was yeah. excellent, but it was very difficult. I haven't played Dread yet. I'm I'm assuming it's similar in difficulty. Um, the exploration part maybe not as much, but there's there's elements of it which are pretty difficult. You have to get the way you there's like these like robot things following you and trying to get you the whole whole game. Almost said movie, but yeah, we're their fucking Metroid movie. Come on. Right. I'd watch it. Me too. Uh, all right, let's go with the Dave. What's your your favorite game genres? Okay, uh, I guess I preface this by saying that, like, as was my taste with a, a lot of different kinds of media, um, I sometimes my favorite things aren't necessarily a part of a larger whole that is something that I enjoy in general. Uh, there, you know, I, some of the, my favorite things just happen to be outliers. Um, but uh, that being said, there are definitely some trends that I can identify in the kinds of games that I am more likely to enjoy playing. Uh, if anyone's listened to this show at all when we talk video games, probably everyone can guess that uh, one of those is going to be first-person shooters. Um, I've been playing them uh, since Wolfenstein 3D was the hot shit. Um, and... Uh, then Doom came out and changed my life forever, and uh, I've I've been playing first person shooters ever since. I I prefer shooters that have a solid uh, single player um, yes. uh, campaign. Uh, I don't uh, I play online sometimes, uh, but like that is not the part of it that really appeals to me. At least not anymore. I used to do more like deathmatch stuff back in the Quake days and all that kind of thing, but. Uh, I, I feel like the Call of Duty effect killed a lot of my enjoyment for uh, online shooter play. Uh, I don't, I don't much care for like the Call of Duty style shooters. Uh, they're again, they're they're fine uh, as games on their own, but I, I don't really care for what they did to the genre as a whole. I tend to like my shooters a little bit more weird. <laughs> um, so I love uh, Doom is my favorite ser- my video my favorite video game series of all time probably. But yeah, stuff like Quake, uh, the Half-Life series, uh, re- revolutionized the genre again. Um, and uh, so, I, and then they, even where it blends with uh, another one of my favorite genres, which is uh, kind of open-ended RPGs, um, sort of open-world uh, RPGs. So I really like the Elder Scrolls series, um, Fallout. Um, oh yeah, uh, where they have first-person versions of them, but I also like other kinds of sort of open world, uh, RPG Dave's, games. Dave's, Dave's over here taking my answers. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's okay. You, can, you guys can share uh, the same opinions. And, um, but yeah, so yeah, open world RPGs or, or other kinds of like action RPGs, like, uh, the Diablo series. I, I enjoyed that, that kind of thing. Um, Let's see. Um, you mentioned uh, Wolfenstein. I, I, I want to say the the modern Wolfenstein game, being narrative driven, first person shooters are really awesome. 
like and then like Bioshock and things like that. I'd love. I love Bioshock. Yeah. Yes. One of the. One so of the things, I, go ahead. I I really like so I I like Doom for its uh you go in and you gun and you move and you you figure out the environment and that's all you're doing it's just action that you just go um i i like that they don't bog themselves down with trying to tell you a story it's about the action i like that that is but that at the is same style time, gameplay yeah the the flip side of that is that i also really like a game like bioshock where it's about the atmosphere and about like to me, one of the most appealing things about the Bioshock series is I feel like the environments are a character in themselves, and I'll, I'll replay those games just to visit those places again. Um, so I, I like a game that has a, a, an environment or an atmosphere that I can get lost in. Um, and so sometimes that's like the RPGs where you have these open worlds that are really rich and, uh, and layered. I, I enjoy that aspect of it. So pairing with that, that immersive experience, I like uh, exploration puzzle games where you, you get thrown into a world and you're like, okay, what, do you, what am I doing here? And it's just about going around and exploring the world and figuring it out. So, like, uh, obviously, stuff like Myst. Um, uh, when I played Myst when it came out in, like, what, 95 or yep. whatever, that was a revolutionary experience for me. The problem with the games like that is that they have kind of low replay value. Um, cause once you figure them out, you've figured them out. And, either have, either um, it's a, it's hard to find games with like a good balance that are like that as well too, because they're either mm-hmm. just challenging enough to be fun or they're so extremely challenging that you never finish it. Yeah, I guess so. What about portal? Um, I, I've always had a knack for them though. Like I, I finished I, the first miss game. I finished in four days and, uh, uh, we we talked I, about I that before. I, like I, I love guess Zork, I, I guess I, I missed those games were great. Yeah, I guess I just kind of think that way, like the kind of lateral thinking. Some of those, all right. I, so I'm I'm pretty good at them. I tend to be able to figure them out relatively quickly. Um, but uh, I love the experience of going to the place and uh, yeah. So immersive environments, and I guess. Um, you know, I like indie games, stuff that tries something weird, something that does something new, um, I, something experimental. I like that. Oh, and that kind of pairs with uh, the exploration thing. I talked about Anti-Chamber last time, mm-hmm. uh, an indie game that has been in my library forever that I just played recently, which is a, a really bizarre uh, puzzle exploration game, indie game that I ended up really liking. Um, and then I, I guess the other big out, big standout genre that I enjoy is, um, certain kinds of sim games, uh, particularly city builder, like city level sim games and civilization level sim games. <laughs> I, I really love stuff like that. So did I take all of your answers? Justin? Literally, literally all my answers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think our tastes may, may vary slightly, but you uh, know, genre wise, we're, we're right on point. I mean, I grew up with first person shooters too. You know, that's always been a thing for me. Uh, they announced the golden eyes coming to the switch. You're going to be able to play yeah. multiplayer with golden eye, which is just amazing to me because I was like obsessed with golden eye as a kid. But isn't and there I mean, a, it's coming out for Xbox too, but the Xbox is a redone version, but the Switch version is not. The Switch version is not redone. It's exactly the same, except it has online multiplayer. 
The Xbox version is remastered, and it's only okay. the single player version. But is the Switch version? You have to have the the updated. Um, you just have to have Family the, Pass or whatever the it live is. the live whatever the Nintendo Live whatever that is. Called. Yeah, Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, yeah the online because like because all the sixty four games are it's at a higher pay. <laughs> no, 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 they're not. Not the sixty four games. It's like yeah. a lot more. It's like well, fifty or sixty bucks a year. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. I mean, for playing GoldenEye multiplayer online, um, I'll probably get my money's worth, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, you know, I, I love Halo kind of as an antithesis to what Dave said because of the story. Um, I feel like the last one kind of sucked because they tried to make it open world, and I don't think that really works in the Halo universe. Um, it's much better when it's a linear shoot 'em up with a, a good story built into it. Um Alternatively, though, there are some that are kind of a, a hybrid of the two things. Like, I love Fallout as well. I love the Elder Scrolls games as well. Uh, but something like Borderlands, which is a game that you can co- get completely lost in, and it's a run and gun that's also a huge open world that has really no story. And the only point of it is just to level up as much as you possibly can, get the best guns you possibly can. It's just a, it's like Diablo, you know, where you're constantly yeah. just trying to get gear. Yeah. And I love so- Diablo too. Somebody in my house loves that game. Um, yeah, I, I played. I played the first Borderlands. Like, like I played the shit out of the first one, and it was actually something that me and my wife spent a lot of our time doing, kind of early on in our it's, marriage. It's, it's one of the few. It's one of the few like couch co op games that still really yeah. pushes for that. And I, I didn't keep up with the series because, like, we got the we 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 got the next one after that, and then we just never really found we were never really on the same page to play together and I didn't play it by myself. Um, and so I, I fell off the series uh, just for that fact, but that was a great game. I really liked how that was done. And it was kind of like, there's a story in there. Um, if you want to slow down and look for it. And I like that too. I think, I think that's cool. Going in even a little bit step further from borderlands though. I got to say cyberpunk 2077. Uh, it might be my favorite game of all time to be honest. Um, I know that it got a ton of flack when it first came out, but mine worked worked for the most part. I mean, I had, I had just gotten my series S, you know, I bought it, I downloaded it. Um, I had a few glitches, a few times it crashed and stuff, but for the most part, I was able to play through the entire game with all three different starting characters, get all the possible endings. I I didn't get a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure I figured finished like 92% or something when I was done really high up there for me because I don't usually have a lot of time for games. Um, the characters were just so real feeling, which you don't really get in a lot of games. I feel like NPCs feel like NPCs to me. Um, and like recently, like the cyberpunk edge runners show came out on Netflix and everybody's raving about it. So I checked it out and it, you know, it's completely new characters, completely new story, but it's in the same world. And like you, they visit locations that you remember from the game and you see, you know, different gangs that you remember from the gang and like, it just drew me back in. And that's all I've been thinking about since I watched it like a week and a half ago. It was like, fuck, I really want to play cyberpunk. <laughs> Aren't they, uh, did they do an update or they're working on a big update or something like that for that game? Yeah. There's a, a big update coming out with like a bunch of new content. So pretty soon I'm going to get into it again. I'm pretty sure. Um, I love big open world stuff. I love Assassin's Creed. Uh, yeah. I love Fallout. Another fun. Um, I like platformers, but only if they're like interesting. Like I, I never yeah. really got into 
a lot of the stuff that was popular, but if they're weird and quirky, like Cult of the Lamb is a good example. Um, Castle Crashers was really, really fun. I loved Castle Crashers. If you ever played that, um, stuff like that. I enjoy, I like, um, builder games, just like Dave said, real time strategy type games where you're, you know, using resource management. That's basically what it is. I like resource management in my games sometimes. And then really the one thing that hasn't really been talked about that I love is like classic style RPGs, uh, Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy. I live for that shit. So yeah, Chrono Trigger was my first uh, my first RPG experience of any kind. Um, that's that's a, about the best you can get. It's all yeah, downhill from I, there. <laughs> I had a friend who um, basically he he lived two doors down from me, and I would every day after school he would come over and I would watch him play his new game plus he had already beaten the game so he started over and i watched him play and i was like so enthralled that um i i think uh for my birthday my my aunt took me to toys r us and was like pick out any game and i was like uh even this one that's 85 dollars (laughs) uh and she was like sure why not and um i just it's it's arguably my favorite game of any kind ever um I just think I, I've kind of killed it because I've just played it so so many times. But um, it, it's just boat. such a yeah, it's just such a classic. If, if my favorite game is not Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, it's Chrono Trigger. Like yeah. they're they're neck and neck. I don't know if you played Cyberpunk, but um, it's it's an experience unlike any other game I've played. It did not deserve awesome. all the hate it got. I mean, it got it deserved the hate for the bugs and the you know poor build or whatever. But uh, as far as the storyline and the characters, it can't be beat. Yeah, and nowadays, like, there's no excuse for, like, that kind of stuff getting cleaned up after the fact anyway. So, you know, like, even, um, like Carrie mentioned, the Bloodstained game was kind of broken on the Switch yeah. when it first came out. And by the time I got to it, I didn't even know any of that had happened. So, so we live in the age now where, like, when we were kids, if a game came out and it was broken, it was fucking broken. Yeah. There's, not, there's nothing yeah. they could do to fix it. Now it's... They now ship the game games. comes out and it works. There's something wrong. Yeah, they ship them broken, knowing that we're going to have a patch first day or whatever. Trust me, I worked at a video game company for a while. It, that's something that's really that happens. Like, we can ship, we can patch out later. Don't worry about it. Yeah, let's just get it gold. I, again, like Cyberpunk, I think they're doing something really unique with like adding things to the world, like with the anime series that just came out. Because I, I don't know if you've you know, seen anything about it on the, the game websites and stuff. But I mean, they, they got like 30 million new downloads since that it's came crazy. out. That game so was like 10 bucks the other day on it, Best oh, Buy. It's, like, it's a cheap, it's a cheap game at this yeah. point. And you know, it's been two years since it came out, but all those people who stayed away from it or got their money back or, you know, never even bothered playing it because of the problems in the beginning, you know, they watched that series and it was enough to draw them back in to at least give it a chance. Yep. And I mean, it's kind of amazing that the game has a second chance at life uh, because of a different medium than actual, you know, the game. <laughs> so I think it's just cool. I think it's really interesting how that's all working out. Uh, did you have anything else, Justin? I don't want to cut you off. Um, no, I think I pretty much covered it all. Um, I guess I'd add that like anything. Yeah, sure. I think I, I think I I, I kind of glossed past it real quick, but I, I do like a good story driven game. You, um, you mean you so, and me both? I was going to get into that. 
I, I, I sort of glossed over that fact because I, I kind of emphasize the action elements of a lot of the stuff that I did or the, the puzzle elements or whatever. Uh, or But I do like something that has a really good story to it. Um, uh, something that's got a good narrative, something that's got interesting characters. Um, I guess a, a recent one in the past couple of years, uh, it got all of the acclaim and it was totally deserved, but like Red Dead Redemption 2 was a beautiful narrative game. Um, I would like, I was into that story and like by the end of it, I was like totally invested in these characters and what happened to them. And, and, and that was another great one. Cause it was, it also had that wonderful exploration, open world, uh, really rich environment thing to it. Dave, uh, I really think you so. should play cyberpunk. <laughs> well, I wanted like when it was uh, being talked about, I was really kind of interested. Uh, I haven't, I never really interacted with the cyberpunk material prior to that. Um, or anything. I, I didn't either. I didn't either. But I mean, the game it doesn't really require anything like that. It just sort of throws you into the world, gives you a little tidbit of the story, and then you start going. And, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it's an open world shooter that has all I, these characters that you, you literally fall in love with. And then, you know, you feel like real loss when they die and stuff. I mean, it's, uh, I was really interested in that one, and then it dropped, and all of the bad shit about yeah. it came out, and I, I kind of lost interest. But uh, yeah, I'll look back into it. I think you'd enjoy it. I know Carrie tried it. I think I did. I, I even went back after they did some changes, and it's just I don't know I I like games like that. It's just I I don't know something about that game I could not not that I couldn't get into it. It just didn't occupy me. You know what I mean? Um, now for me, like. Uh, you mentioned narrative-driven games. Some of my favorites of all time. I love the Uncharted series completely. Love them. Uh, the Last of Us. I'm playing through The Last of Us Part 1 again. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, did you guys see the trailer for the TV show, the HBO series? Mm-hmm. Not yet. <laughs> they have me. They... That's kind of one of those things that's like, I don't care that they're going to make a TV show out of it because the game was good enough well like the, the game is the way yeah the, the the story the way they d- did the story in the game like okay like that's the story right what are you going to do in a show that's going to make that better uh, no, i get it i, I get know. it um that's how i sort of felt about it i'm like but the the new trailer sold me on it I, i'm i am i am ready um but i like action adventure games too i i love platformer games so even when you put action adventure platformers together with a narrative driven game. The Assassin's Creed do it really well. Ghost of Tsushima. Um, that game looked beautiful. I really want to play that one. That game is so beautiful. It really is. Um, even on the PS4 version on the PS5, it looks amazing. Um, Half-Life 2. I've got to go through that. When I, I share the name of one of the characters. That's okay. Um, uh, what's the name of the? I can't tell you the name. I'm having a, a brain fart. Um, Horizon. Those games are really good. But yeah, my wife has been my wife's been playing those. She really likes them. Uh, I've liked what I've seen over her shoulder as she's played. I haven't played them myself yet. But uh, that's what great. I. I don't have time. I, I mean, I don't have. For me personally, I don't have time to play against people online, and that seems to be a lot. What a lot of gaming is for a lot of people now. It's. I'm going to play, um, you know, a, a, like Call of Duty or it's all they do. I have 
I have family that's all they fucking do is play Call of Duty. And I, I gotta, I, I gotta say, I gotta say one more thing though. Yeah, like I, I, I've never liked certain types of online competition, but I do thrive on competition. You know, I used to be a pro gamer. You know, I used to be a pro and, magic yep. player. Like competition's always been my thing, but like sometimes you find competition in like the strangest places. And one thing that I've been doing for almost four years now is playing Tetris 99 online, um, which is super highly competitive, but that's like the most cathartic thing I do in my entire life. It's so much Tetris fun, isn't 99. it? Yeah. It's addictive as hell. Um, but you are competing against other people and it's, it's really frustrating sometimes, but it's also like, you know, it's really intense because you get so into it trying to win when you're playing like those high level leagues. Um, it's fun for me. Justin, did you did you play uh, Super Mario 35 when it was available? No, I missed it. So, it's so, so weird they took their, it away. Yeah, they made a it was Tetris 99 but with Super Mario Brothers 1 and it had yep. 35 people playing it at one time and and it was like who could last the longest. It was so I've much never fun. Part of that. That sounds uh, Yeah, at, well cuz they got rid of it. Um it was like a it was anniversary the thing, anniversary yeah. of Super Mario Brothers and people having anxiety attacks while they're playing Mario. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I played it. I, I played like, it a few times. I was obsessed with it. And then that sounds it was really gone. fun. <laughs> I know they have a Pac-Man '99. I haven't tried that. Yeah, yet. haven't tried that yet. Pac-Man's a classic. Um, yeah, going back to like the new God of War, I'm looking forward to the new one so much. I, I love the one that was what 2018 2019 just I used like I said I don't have time to to go online and fight against each each other I want I want to spend an hour or two playing a game be driven in a certain direction and then if I need to stop I can stop RPGs do that for me uh, I, I, but I really love like narrative driven FPSs as well as action adventures and I'm an old school guy I love platformers give me a good nintendo platformer game i'm happy give me the new kirby game give me a good mario game i'm super happy that's all i need do you have a a favorite mario game um three (laughs) yeah i remember yeah three was really i remember trying to convince my parents to buy me mario three we're sitting in a mexican restaurant in a mall I'm like, look, there's like a game store in the mall. I'm like, hey, can you? It's only like fifty nine or sixty nine dollars or whatever it was back then. People think that games are expensive now. They were the same price back then. Yeah, they're more. <laughs> my my sister and I, we, my youngest sister and I, we decided that we wanted a Nintendo, and my parents said they weren't going to buy it for us. So we worked our asses off, you know, cutting neighbors' yards, washing boats, washing cars, like whatever we could do to make money, saving our allowances, and it took us about a year. But we saved up enough money to buy a Nintendo and to each buy a game. And then because my parents were so proud of us, they were like, oh, we'll buy you both a game as well. So I ended up getting um, Super Mario Brothers 3. The system came with S- Super Mario Brothers 1. And then I also got Mega Man 2. And then my oh, sister got yeah. my sister got Gauntlet yeah. and she got uh, The Little Mermaid. Oh, which I don't, dude. I don't know if you ever played the Little, Little Mermaid game. Little Mermaid, Mermaid game was actually pretty good. The Little Mermaid game was a great game. game. Those, uh, <laughs> those like uh, those Capcom like Disney NES games were actually a lot of them were pretty good. Aladdin, Jungle yeah. Book, all those stuff. Yeah, they were fun. Tales, yeah. uh, Rescue yeah. Rangers. Oh, the Rescue Rangers, Rangers love game that was game. cool. Those are coming back out. Apparently, the Ducktales and Rescue. Well, the Ducktales they did a remaster, but the Rescue Rangers 
they're, they're going to be coming back out. Now, you asked me, Chris, what my favorite Super Mario game was. Uh, Super Mario World. That's my go-to right there. That, I, love, I love a good uh, three versus world discussion. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. You know, but, actually, but, now that I'm thinking about it, three may not be my favorite. It might be RPG, <laughs> but, but three's, uh, three's probably my favorite of the, but, like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a ledge. I'm going to go out on a ledge here. I'm going to say uh wasn't originally even a Super Mario game, but Super Mario 2. That's my favorite, actually. It's my That's favorite... One of my favorite Nintendo games, Mario games of all time. Yeah. And it wasn't Mine even too. a Mario game in, in like America. So, like, let's Doki put Mario Doki in Panic it. in Japan. Exactly right. The music, the characters, the, the colors in that game. Something about that game, it just, it just sticks with me. And that's my favorite. I think that you had to be a certain age to appreciate that game when it came out. Because I think so, too. When you're a kid... It's just a it's just a Mario game and you don't question sure. that. Like this is Mario 2. Like we didn't know like where it came from or that it wasn't really supposed to be a Mario game. Like we just ate what we were fed and and we loved it and it it really that's one of those games I have such a fond memory of getting it as a kid and just playing the hell out of it. Um yeah, I I, I that game gets way too much uh undeserved flack as does I don't know why. Zelda you, 2 which is one of my all time favorite games and okay, Zelda 2 I'm going to I'll disagree there I just didn't <laughs> like the side scrolling it wasn't it wasn't eh. all right um but you, you just mentioned like Super Mario 2 I'm like oh the music is in my head and the the, the that meme recently is like this is this is kids first anxiety was trying to get the, the lineup of the the <laughs> of <laughs> the bonus game correct <laughs> oh yeah yeah um I want to. I want to say the Ratchet and Clank series, uh, one of my favorite series of all time as well. Um, but one of the game, the game genres that nobody's touched upon yet, that some of my favorite are shmups. I'm a big shoot 'em shoot 'em up fan. Um, going back to like old school Gradius, uh, Life Force. I love those games. Parodius. We've never played Parodius. It was a a spoof of Gradius, but done by the same company. And you shot. You were shooting at giant girls with giant titties it was weird <laughs> and you're like a penguin and stuff um they're definitely a weird game um i'm a big fan of the treasure style shooter games like ikaruga death smiles uh our type series i love our type um we played uh, this game at the at your birthday dave yeah uh uh-huh. the the darius series i love that that series i remember for some reason, my 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 mom, I she's like I was sick or something, and she she's like I'm gonna get you a game at the store. What do you want? I was like, oh, I don't know. Give me some kind of like cool shooter game. And she came back with like a Darius game for like Super Nintendo, and it like blew my little mind. I'm like, what is this? Um, I'm gonna go old school. One of my favorite shooters of all time. Nobody's mentioned it is Galaga. Galaga's fun, man. Yeah. It's, that was a that was a formative game for me as a kid. I, me when, too. Uh, I loved that game, and uh, we have a uh, membership to our local retro arcade. Um, and I, I, anytime we go in there, I'm probably going to do it, at least a one round of Galaga. Um, just Dave, I was going to sp- I was going to speak to you about that. I need to come there with you because I saw that there's a display of one of the original bucket from bucket rides from Astro World there. At the not one at over the one by me. not at the one by me. Oh, okay. Um, it may be at 
I don't think so. I don't. I have to look it up. There. I thought it was the one by you. It was the one on over by Baybrook, right? Yeah. Okay. I have to double check, but maybe, yeah, that looks. Maybe cool. I'm maybe I'm missing something. Uh, um, but one of the things that why I love about my Switch is there's so many great shmups on that system, and the cool thing about the Switch is it can do Tate mode. If you don't know what Tate mode is, it's basically portrait mode for games. Uh, not all games feature this mode, but um, I have a thing called a flip grip, where it fits on the bottom of your system, and you can hold it sideways. You put your controllers on it. And it makes your your switch into a vertical system for some of these old school shooters. Um, and it also the pinball games work really well in that mode. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, um, I, I the the Psycho series. It's a it's a Japanese. Um, uh, they made a bunch of different shmups, like ni- also like some of the old Capcom ones too, like nineteen forty two and all those 19 like world war two ones what would so you classify fun. minesweeper as because i play the shit out of some minesweeper <laughs> uh mindless fun i don't it's a puzzle it's not really mindless no. it's puzzle, kind yeah. of a puzzle game yeah it's a it's a logic puzzle game yeah yeah i don't know what else i'd call it than that i mean it's been Gary, around for, uh, for years so i've been playing it you know for like 30 yeah. years all yeah. the time Carrie, I think I had mentioned this game to you at one time, but uh, it's relevant uh, since you're talking about the shoot 'em up games. Yes, sir. Um, it's a, an indie game um, that kind of combines uh, those kinds of like spaceship style shoot 'em ups with um, rhythm games, music games. Oh yeah, which is uh, Beat Hazard or Beat Hazard Ultra. No, which I... is an indie game. I have it on Steam. You can um, you can upload your own music library to it, oh. and it, it plays it plays like asteroids where you're like top down and you, oh, you nice. rotate the ship around and you move it around. And it spawns like waves and waves of enemies. Uh, it turns into one of these like bullet hell kind of situations where oh, it's cool. just chaos. But it's all generated based off of whatever music you load into. It. Oh, that's okay. You, you yeah, sold me on that one. I think you'd, you'd, you'd like it. <laughs> um, Chris, before I, I just read about this new game on the Switch called Islets, it, uh, like Islets or something. So it's a combination of uh, a Metroidvania game, but there's there's like these cities and the, these areas in the clouds, and they get to the different areas. You have to get in a little, like a, you get, you're like, it's like an old school looking like, um, airplane but at those points of the game there's bosses and it turns into like a, 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 sh- a shoot 'em up like a shmup i'm like all right so they there's a combination of a metroidvania and a shmup i was like just take my money now you know it's, that's all i need right there i have not heard of this but i will have to yeah i'm looking forward to, to look into that because that sounds really interesting i'm in some uh you know you know metroidvania style games and shmup groups on Facebook and stuff. And people were talking about it a lot recently. I'm like, very cool. I'm definitely right. looking for something a little less labor intensive because sure. this, this, you know, <laughs> this is a Xenoblade is just <laughs> t- taking me months. My girlfriend keeps like walking in and being like, are you still playing this game? I cannot believe. Um, so it, I kind of need, you like, got to move on to part three now. Cause I know, I know three just came out. You got to move on. I know. And I have it, but I almost feel like I need to play something <laughs> like, it's like quit, like get in and get out. Something like real yeah. palate cleanser in between, because yeah. I, I and a moose bush of a video game. Yes, exactly. Because before Xenoblade Two, I was playing the the remaster of Chrono Cross, and then before that, I was playing Xenoblade One, and then before that, 
Um, oh, and then I played Final Fantasy twelve, the the Switch version of that. Um, so I, I've just been playing all of these like long ass games, and I just need something a little bit less just time consuming, I guess. So very cool. Well, I, I think this was a great discussion. I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, one of my favorite things in life is heavy metal and video games. So this was. I'm glad you were able to join us with this conversation, Chris. Was there any, I, is any anything last minute that anybody forgot that you need to mention? On the I video mean, that, game topic? No. Yeah, I sure. feel like we could just I feel like this conversation could go on for hours, honestly. Okay, stay tuned for part two next next week. <laughs> um all right, so I think usually what we do at this point of the show, we're gonna do we usually do George Hates Metal. But uh, since George isn't here, um, well, we might, let's just talk about a couple of albums that we've really been digging recently. Um, and I'll go first for Justin, the Garia album. Garia, am I saying it right? Well, they literally put as the final line in their new album, we are Garia. Garia, uh, okay. So you literally cannot mispronounce it now. <laughs> There's no excuse for not knowing. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a fantastic album. Um, it's... Not quite as good as Limbo, in my opinion, but it's one of the best albums released this year by far. Uh, easily like a 9 out of 10. Um, I just don't think it has that same level of raw emotion that Limbo had that just made it such a powerful album. Still got it, just not quite as strong. Like I would compare feeling Mirage as Goosebumps, and I would compare Limbo to like feeling it in my bones. <laughs> you know, uh, it, It's just such a powerful, well-constructed um nearly perfect black metal album. Like they have so much melody five out of the eight tracks are perfect. I would say, I would say the other three tracks are maybe just a little bit too long or they lull just a tiny little bit in certain places. And it's just those little bitty things that are just keeping it from being perfection, but it's about as close as they can get. And it's their only, only their, uh, their third album. So, I mean, these guys have a long career ahead of them, hopefully from Um, I've, I've compared, I've listened to this and I listened to them behemoths. And this definitely, I, I'm not as big of a fan as you are of Garia, but it's definitely better than the New Behemoths. The New, the New Behemoths album is kind of disappointing. Let down, uh, yeah. It's, I, it, I, I, it feels like it's uh, stuff that got cut from the last album, is what it feels like to me. There's a couple of really good tracks, but yeah. overall, it's just like, it's forgettable to me. I haven't even, I haven't even gone back to it like more than like once or twice, you know? It feels like they wrote three really good songs and then they just kind of sandwiched them between all of the filler sure. crap they decided not to use on previous albums. I hate to um, say that too because I love Behemoth's catalog. Like that's one of my favorite bands, uh, but it, this ain't it. I'm afraid. Yeah, that that whole spoken word track is the first song, and it's like so long and just so wordy. Yeah. And I don't know what they were thinking with that because it it doesn't work. I do want to mention the uh, the new Megadeth album. Has everybody had a chance to listen to that? Yeah, I know we uh, we haven't really discussed it really. I know we discussed it. Maybe we did. Maybe on MSRcast. I can't remember. But um, we talked I, about it a bit on the last. We did right when like, here, when Sean was here. Yeah, that's right. I said half of it was good. Half of it is not good. I still feel that same exact way. Like there's some really really good tracks, but then there's. Is like, that like almost every Megadeth album though? Um, not almost. No, well, recently, yes. <laughs> the past twenty years, yes. Um, 
you know, they do a song like uh, Night Stalkers, which I didn't think I was going to like that much, or um, We'll Be Back is really good, Soldier On, but then there's fucking songs like Mission to Mars and like Celebutante. Like what do you Celebutant do? is is what brings the entire fucking album down for me. I could deal yep. with the Mission to Mars song. It's a little bit strange, but it, okay, it's uh okay, I can deal with that. The Celebutant is one of the most brain dead nonsense bullshit songs I've heard in a long time. That is a stupid fucking it song. It really it really is. It's the worst song I've heard since 20s on the new Ghost album. I oh, know this is way worse than that. <laughs> Um, I want to I want to say how much I love the new Wolfheart album, which is not surprising. Um, it's, it's very good. It's really. It's, I don't think it's as good as the last album, but it's uh, not, but it's very very good. Yeah, the 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 track was Jesse Leach from it was a Killswitch, not Killswitch, but no Killswitch Engage. Yeah, he his clean vocals uh, they just work so perfectly on this album. Um, I really, really, really liked this Wolfheart album. Um, waiting for my vinyl, hopefully soon. Uh, what else is there recently? Um, New Stradivarius. The, Stradivarius. I was about, just about to get to that. We just that came out last week. Uh, I really dig this album. It's a little bit more stripped down. It's a little, a little bit more uh, rock influenced than like high fantasy power metal. You know what I mean? That's but probably I why that. I like it so much. Maybe. <laughs> like, like I, I'm not a power metal guy at all. Like, I mean, there are bands that I enjoy, um, but I tend to stray more towards the the middle of the pack power metal stuff whenever I do like it. And I feel like yeah. this is kind of there. Um, but I mean, I like some of the older Stradivarius stuff too. So, I mean, it's not the first time I've become a fan of these guys. Stradivarius are just a highly uh, fun band. They write great songs. Uh, they're all talented. Everybody, I love Timo Coltipelto's voice so much. Um, they're just fun to listen to, and there's some really, really catchy tracks on this album. But it's not my favorite Stradivarius album. Um, but it's definitely going to be in my top albums of the year type of deal. You know what I mean? I know, Chris, you're you're more the power metal guy out of all of us. Maybe I love power metal too, but. Uh, you and Sean really take it to the next level. Um, so what do you think about the new Stradivarius? And are there any other albums that we, you would recommend? Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I've, I've listened to it uh, straight on through um, just the one time, um, but oh, it wow. gave me vibes from the Nemesis album that um, was a few albums ago, which was probably my favorite of the post- Timo Tolki releases. And so to me, like that, that's a good thing. Um, and I think I, I agree that it does kind of have more of that stripped down feeling to it. And I think that's really what makes it uh, shine. Um, so I, I, en- I enjoy this one a lot and I definitely um, need to go back and listen to it uh, yet again. Um, I, the, as far as like brand new stuff, the, there really hasn't been too much else um but i will say that uh sticking to my power metal uh you know fandom um i am really stoked for the next uh, the new Dragonland album the singles that have come out so far have been really out of this world and they i think their last album came out in like 2011 so um it's it's yeah. been a while and so i'm i'm pretty pretty pumped for that that's uh that's eric peterson or no 
Um, I would get, get those. That one's Dragon Lord, I think. Dragon right? Lord, thank you. There's Dragon yeah, Forest, Dragon, Dragon Land, Dragon Lord, all those dragons. Dragon Lord's Dragon Land has um, yeah. Jonas Heidbert <laughs> on vocals. There's House and, of Dragons. Um, and if you know uh, Olaf from Amaranth, uh, this is um, oh, yeah. his his other. This was the band he was in before. That's a metal pigeon thing right there. I, that's a band I'm I'm definitely not into. Even though he's, yeah, I seen him live, right? Yeah, I did. Because like their vocalist just left, right? They have a new vocalist now. They well, they have three vocalists, <laughs> and. Uh, their clean male vocalist uh, left the band a few years ago and was replaced. He's he was replaced by um, Nils from Dynasty, actually. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. Um, I'm still really digging the new Halo Effect album. I gotta mention that, but uh, I, I did too. I got I, I got actually Amazon had a limited edition version of it. Um, but I do want to mention this before uh, we move on. Is uh, I know one of Justin's favorite band is Soil Work. Yeah. And just a couple weeks ago, uh, the guitar player, David Anderson, passed away. Uh, we're not going to go really into further details, but he's also the guitar player for Night Flight Orchestra, one of the songwriters. Uh, phenomenal guitar player. And I really dig the new Soil Work album, too. It's good. Um, so uh, in memory of him, I uh, just want to say you know, thank you for the music. Thank you for your contributions to our lives. And uh, may you rest in peace. Yeah, it's a big loss. It really is. For sure. Yeah. They're going to continue on, right? I mean, they're both bands will, right? Um, yeah, he, I haven't heard he about actually, Nightflight, but I know Soil Work is for sure. He, he had he had said um, to the rest of both bands that he want you know he's like I want you to continue on. So the plan, as far as I've heard, both bands will be continuing. Okay, that's great to hear. Then. All right, um, I guess let's get into what's tickling our geek and then wrap it up. You guys ready? Well, I, I don't get to talk uh-huh. about my music. Oh, yeah, I thought you already did. did. Oh. <laughs> I only talked about Gary. <laughs> well, that that's what I that's what, that's what you deal with. All right, go ahead. Well, there, there there's only two other albums I really want to highlight. Um, there's there's a album by a band called ACOD, A C O D, called Fourth Rain Over Opacities and Beyond. Um, <laughs> Yeah, kind of a, a long-winded name, but uh, it sounds like a Photoshop plugin. We we were we were in this like drought of black metal for yeah. a good like three months, just like nothing good coming out at all. And then there was this you know this previous week before the Gary and Behemoth albums came out, and finally there was some light on the horizon. Um, this ACOD album is is really exceptional. Um, I haven't spent enough time with it yet. I've only heard it like two times, but. Um, it's it's probably going to make it to my end of year list. Uh, there's also an EP that came out from a band called Moonlight Sorcery. It's called Piercing Through the Frozen Eternity. Never heard that. Um, well, it, it's it's very classic style black metal. Uh, reminds me a lot of Emperor. Man, that stuff. album cover is like that album cover is old Emperor dissection. Yes, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. What are, yeah, what are they called again? Can you? They're called uh, Moonlight Sorcery. Moonlight Sorcery. Oh, got it. Yeah. It's <laughs> top tier. Um, it, it's kind of like that neoclassical black metal renaissance thing that started last year with uh, Stormkeep. Um, mm. They're kind of keeping along that same sort of trend, same sort of vibe, same sort of sound. 
Um, and I think that the guitarist for Stormkeep is also the guitarist for this band. Um, so they're oh, excellent. There you go. That makes sense then. Um, and then the last one is a band called Null, who have been around for a long time. Uh, they put out a ton of albums. They're always very like flowery, almost poetic kind of black metal. Um, I don't really know. How, I don't really know how to describe them. They're just very heavy, heavy on the melodies. I guess is the best way to put it. Very uh, bright sounding, like if Devin Townsend did like black metal type of. Sometimes some of their yeah. albums are that way for sure, but they're one of those bands that was like almost good for a really long time. And this is the album where they've transitioned from almost good to like actually good. Somewhat good. Um, no, no, they're actually good. Okay, actually there's, good. There's not a bad song on the album and it's like 17 tracks or something. So uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, I was very impressed at how good this was because I was kind of expecting more of the same, you know, occasionally good song in a middling album. Um, Origin, is that the new album? Origin, yeah. It's, it's very, very good. So I know I'm saying good a lot. I'm not. I'm very tired. <laughs> That's all right. That's good. What about good what, baby brain, Dave? What did you have, sir? I have a couple more too. Now that we're talking about, it, I forgot. I, I'm actually real behind on new releases and stuff like that. I actually was going to take this as uh, opportunity to talk about the shows I went to the last uh, in the last couple weeks. One of the maybe one of those bands is a band I was going to mention too. Local band. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I was going to talk about. Um, so I guess I'll do this chronologically then, but I went to um, I went to San Antonio for the apparently ginormous Rammstein show that like half the people I know apparently were there. I, I think I, half, I half of Texas was there. My <laughs> God, it seemed like it, it was crowded. Um, so like Rammstein is a band that like I used to listen to a lot and they're one that I, I come back to every now and again in more recent years, but is one that I never saw live. And it's like, that's a live show that I feel like I've got to see. And I had the opportunity to do so. And Holy shit. Is that a live show? My God. Um, that it's going to go down as one of the coolest live shows I've ever seen. Um, they are, uh, their sound is really well suited to a live environment. Um, I think that is where they are probably most at home. That is, that is probably the way to experience Rammstein. Um, is live. They, uh, yeah. Is live. Yeah. I think Dave, I, turned in, I, Dave turned into Beavis when they're like, the fire's like, fire, fire. Oh my God. I have, <laughs> have never you watching, seen. Have you been watching the new Beavis? I have. I've great. been watching clips of it. Um, and the clips I've seen are fucking hilarious. The, but yeah, no, the, the fire at the Rammstein show, like, most of us here are, are concert veterans and we've, you know, we've done tiny club shows to the biggest arena shows that they do. Yep. I have never seen anything anywhere close to this in terms of pyrotechnics and fire. And um, I've seen some light shows that came close to the stuff that they did, but uh, with all of it combined, it was, it was a spectacle unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, it, <laughs> I, I got there. I actually had a few moments where I was actually worried for the safety of everyone in the venue. <laughs> I was like, this, this might be too much fire. <laughs> um, the, uh, we were in the, the upper level 
And they had, uh, you can find videos all over social media of these flame jets that they're using on this tour. And uh, they're not just in front of the stage, they're on the stage, but they're also in the crowd, like on the floor of the arena. There's these huge flame jets and they shoot these, uh, like these jets of flame that are like three stories tall and give off significant amounts of smoke (laughs) and all this stuff. And we're at the, we're in the like balcony level of the arena and I'm watching this like black cloud of smoke collect in the roof <laughs> of the arena. I'm like, mm, we're all getting carcinogens in our lungs tonight for can sure. Somebody crack, can and, somebody crack a window, please? Uh, uh, but I, I was, I was kind of, I was starting to get worried. I was like, they're, they're going to need to lay off the fire for just a second and let the, <laughs> this dissipate <laughs> out. But then what happened is like all that smoke then, as it dissipated through the room and we all started, you know, sucking it in, um, it did really cool shit to the lighting effects and it made the atmosphere of the whole place. It changed the atmosphere of the entire room in a really cool way. That was a phenomenal show. Uh, so like if you're even like remotely a fan of Rammstein and have an opportunity to see them live, I would definitely say, get on it. Um, that's what they say. We did, we did that. And, um, Came home the next, came back to Houston the next morning and uh, met Carrie out at uh, BFE Rock Club where they had the, uh, the heavy metal swap meet. Aptly named. There. And that, I mean, that's what it was. BFE. And uh, uh, yeah, and the club's way out there, that too. But the heavy metal swap meet, um, just people there trading their shit or whatever. I, I yep. brought artwork. Uh, I, my wife made me a a trunk that's like a show in a box. So I just rolled in, put the trunk up on the table and opened it up and I'm selling art. It was really cool. She did did a great job. That's amazing. Chris, if you haven't seen Dave's artwork, you check it out. He's an amazing artist. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. We, I I met you up there because I brought some CDs to sell and then we had some flyers and stuff and just to hang out and talk to people and saw some cool bands. Yeah, so they had the local bands playing uh, while this was going on. And we and, were like, our uh, booth was like, what, five feet from the stage? Yeah, we were right next to the stage. Um, but uh, I can't, I'm going to, I'm forgetting the name of the first band, and I feel kind of bad about that. Um, they were pretty good. They were kind of old school death metal, like death style death metal sort of. They, I think they did a death cover, actually. Right up Chris's alley, actually. Um, they were pretty good um but they ended up like really getting shown up by a couple of the other bands um labyrinth played next and um it turned out i knew one of these guys one of these uh these were like i don't know how young they were i'm an old man now so i have trouble gauging how young these youngins are but i i'd say the oldest member of the band couldn't have been more than 22 um Lethal uh, Agent them, was the first band. Lethal Agent, yeah. Yes. So check them out. They they were good. I I I liked them. Um, one of these kids, like I had actually met, he came to our booth at Sherwood Forest Fair, and he liked my artwork, and so we ended up talking metal for like an hour. And uh, I was like, oh shit, I know that kid. He was um, the front man for Labyrinth, and then, La- not, like I said, not the are- not the Labyrinth that we think of, Chris, but local band. Um, oh, man, yeah, totally. Like they just walked out of 1986, fucking like yes, trash metal. 
like yes. white Adidas and like tight black jeans and like metal. I'm like, these guys were fucking like thrashing it up. They were great. They, I had I a was feeling really if, uh, if the Italian power metal band Labyrinth was playing a show in Texas, I would have heard about it. Yes. <laughs> At a heavy metal swap meet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, they, they did. They had the, the 1980s thrash metal, like Barry, a thrash metal look down to a T. They, oh, yeah. they looked, they looked the part perfectly. And more surprisingly, they sounded the part. They were really fucking good. They were. I was, <laughs> I was surprised. They're on Spotify. We'll have to, we'll have to share it out. Um, yeah, they've got a like a demo up. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, they were really good. So I'm looking forward to hearing more from those guys. Uh, the next band was, in my opinion, just kind of straight garbage. I, I really could have done without them. You know, the funny part about even... that is uh, my friend who I used to be in a band with a long time ago. A band we were in a band called Gut Wrench. Mike, Michael, his name is, he goes by Michael Feltersnatch, right? Um, he was in, in, in Cryptos' band for a while, but apparently he's in that band. Oh, we're like, he? we're like, I'm like, I'm not really into that. I was like walking out. I'm like, oh, look, there's Mike on stage. You know, he bought me a drink later too. I'm like, I can't talk shit about your band, bro. <laughs> I, I well, can. I was, I was going to be nice and like, not even say the name of the band. I just, I was just going to say, I, I, they were not for me. Oh, did, we, did I mention the band name? I guess I did. No, you didn't. You didn't okay. say the name of the band either. So I, we'll just gloss over that one. Um, <laughs> if you can't yes. say something nice, don't say anything at all kind of situation. Right. Um, like, and then uh, Discarnate Horizon oh, fuck, uh, finished dude. the night out. They were really cool. They were that uh, another local band, uh, that kind of black and, I don't know, uh, maybe... Black and thrash, black yeah. metal, <laughs> um, black and black and thrash and roll. Yeah, black and thrash and roll kind of feel. They were cool. I like them. Look forward to. I, I mentioned them uh, about a month ago or something. One of our chats. Um, I became friends with one of the dudes in the band. The the uh, the drummer. He's like, who is phenomenal, by the way. Um, if you know, if you notice, he had like one leg. So I I was watching. Was is he a double amputee? Did, was he missing? You know, both I don't legs? know. I I thought I could see one for sure. The other one I I couldn't tell for certain, but it looked like he may have had two prosthetic legs. You um, know, he which, he possibly might. Uh, um, impressive. Yeah, they're they're great. They're on Spotify if you haven't checked them out. Uh, yeah, they have a new album out too. So check that out. Um, I'll be, I'm, I actually actually we're uh, gonna be playing them on the next MSR cast. So I want people to check them out. They just played again last weekend too. I think. Justin is something that you would probably be into as well. Okay. Chris, not so much. Give him a listen. Hey, I'll <laughs> listen okay, to anything once, as you know. So, I, you know, not, not that we have a bone to pick, but, you know, Chris and I both have a love of the monkeys. But I know you don't like Des, which is okay. Uh, I'll forgive you on that one. But your episode on Among the Living from Anthrax, you're, <laughs> you're just plain wrong. I, I, the only reason I brought you here... <laughs> Is to put you on a platform to not to be, I'm joking. Everybody's entitled to their opinions, but I'm just surprised you don't like them. But that's for another another conversation for another day. Sure, sure. I, I hey, listen. I, you're welcome to to give me any shit you want to give me. Uh, it's no, no, good. no. We're good. Um, I, I we did we did talk about. Uh, I think you might like uh, some of the John Bush era. So. I think if you guys ever get to like Sound of White Noise, I would think it'd be the album to go to do. You said you're Armored Saint fan, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, I go. think um, I think Justin has that in his back pocket as something that we're going to okay. go back to. Perfect. Um, yeah, and again, sometimes it's just uh, it's just the kind of mood you're in. Sometimes yep. when you hear something, like it just could have been the wrong time. Um, I was having kind of a rough time with work when I listened to Death, so that could have been part of it. And that's not to say I didn't like it. Uh, I just didn't love it nearly as much as everybody else seems to. Like people were coming into our chat room or chatting. It was like ten out of ten, nine point five, like seminal album, uh, you know, Desert think, Island disc. And I'm like, yeah, it was fine. Like, <laughs> I think you know, that I think that maybe if it's something that you were just being exposed to for the yeah. first time, then I think that that may be key because I think mm-hmm. you miss out then. Was on it, it was how, spiritual healing? How, was that the album? Um, or the human. I can't remember which one it was. Either way, though, I think the point the point though that I was going to make is that if I think you if you're going into it fresh now, having never heard of them, you miss out on how important what they were doing was at the time they were doing it. Because it's a a really good point. so, So much of so much of what death metal has become is because of what they did. Um, they, they were one of those. Um, so I, I can see um, it not having necessarily the same impact. Uh, if you were to hear it for the first time today. Um, so I don't know. I can, I can see that. I, yeah. I love death. I think they're great, but it uh, was, uh, it was symbolic by the symbolic. way. So, yeah. So good album. Check too. out. Uh, maybe try Sound of Perseverance. That's what I said. Uh, it's it's the mo- probably the most polished one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You if like? I know you like prog metal. Like, well, progr- is more progressive than most of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you said you listened to uh, uh was the other band? His other band that he did. He wasn't singing on Control, Control Denied. Denied. Yeah. Well, I played. I listened to that song. Did you post that? Or somebody posted it on our somebody did. page. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit actually. Um, just it was just more appealing to what I sure uh, what I gravitate towards. Check out you know maybe a gateway version way into Sound of Perseverance is uh, their version of Painkiller from Judas Priest. That's actually the one song I do know from that album. There you go, <laughs> and it's an excellent cover. I will say it is. It really is. All right, guys. Uh, Let's get into what's tickling our geek real quick. We're running along. Uh, I just want to say that I'm fucking stoked and excited and super happy that Hammerfall and Halloween are touring in the States again next year. And more dates. There's a Dallas date that I'm going to. It's on a Saturday and tickets go on till Friday and I'm buying my ticket. That's all I got to say. Because that Halloween show that I saw in 2018, one of the best live concert experiences of my life. It's amazing. Uh, I'm definitely going to go to the New York show, but funny enough, I had a friend message me yesterday who lives in Texas and asked yep. me if I wanted to come visit and go to the Dallas show. So <laughs> there you go, man. We'll we'll party it up in in Dallas. It's only uh, it's like what a five four four or five hour drive from us from down here. So definitely worth it. Um, and I'm uh, this is a weird thing. I'm going to see Weird Al this weekend. That's Saturday awesome. Night. I'm excited for it. It's a weird tour because, um, uh, of course, it's Weird Al. No, no pun intended. <laughs> but he's playing um, B sides and 
uh, in rare tracks from his career. He's only doing like one set of like uh, cover stuff at the end. I'm sure he'll do now Amish Paradise more, but um, and he does like one cover song at the end, and the cover song is different in every single city, but in uh, the set list is different every night too. So you don't know what songs he's actually going to play. So I'm I'm excited for that. I, I want to hear Skipper Dan. That's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> it's gonna be. Uh, I'm excited. We got really good tickets, but we're actually we're missing uh, Sabaton and Epica that night to go see Weird Al. So priorities man exactly man i haven't seen weird al since like the 90s uh so it's been a long time and my wife has never seen him so it'll be a fun show instead of it's at the cullen performance center which is here at u of h at university of houston so it's a it's a fancy place you know what i mean i said dress up i guess i don't know (laughs) what about you dave what's uh, tickling your geek right now um, I'm trying. I'm looking at my calendar. What's coming? What's coming up? Um, mostly I'm getting ready to do a bunch of fall uh, art shows and stuff like that coming up. But uh, uh, one of the one thing I was I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to check it out, but if I'm able to, I will. The first airing, the first showing was tonight. Actually, as as we're doing this, but they're doing a repeat on Sunday. There is a Dio documentary. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Dreamers never die. It's in uh, theaters, right? And yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's like a, one of those limited engagement things. Yeah, the second showing is going to be on Sunday. Uh, if I'm able to, I think I'd like to go and check that out. That'd be fun. Uh, Have you heard the how the how the film is? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. I just I saw an ad for it last week, and I I don't know anything else about it um, than the trailer that I saw and. Uh, I know it's fucking Dio, man. I'll check it out. That's right. <laughs> uh, what about you, Chris? What's tickling your geek? Um, I have a week that is just going to be incredible. Um, coming up in, I believe three weeks. Um, I'm heading back down to long Island slash New York city. Uh, I was just there. Um, to see Pearl Jam actually uh, two weeks ago. Um, so on the docket, I have a. Um, I'm seeing the Islanders play for the first time at their new building, the UBS Arena, on Tuesday night. Um, that'll be the second game of the regular season. The following night is Iron Maiden with uh, within Temptation opening, same building. Uh, the the night after that, I'm going to a gala in New York city for my girlfriend's work. Uh, the night after that, we're going to see Aladdin on Broadway. And then two nights after that is, uh, Sabaton and Epica in New York city. As you mentioned, I'll be hitting that up. So, uh, very busy busy week week that I'm very excited for. It sounds fun, man. That's cool. Where, where is uh where are you seeing Sabaton at? Where do they play in New York? Uh, it's a I guess think it's a new venue because I'd never uh, heard of it. It's the Sony Theater or a Sony. Um, it's not PlayStation Theater because that had closed. Um, it's something else. Um, but I've never been there before. So there was be a, there was literally but, uh, a PlayStation Theater. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it was before that. It was Best Buy Theater. Prior to that, it was no Nokia Theater. It, it's hit all of the. Uh, I love I love corporate sponsorships of uh, naming theaters. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing ever. Gr- and and it was a great venue. Um, I saw Avantasia there uh, when they played their very first show in the U.S. And it Is that was a couple of years ago, or yeah, um, the I think it was the. Um, <laughs> I forget. I'm blanking on which album they were touring, but um, it was uh, it was incredible. Um, I, yeah, I saw Avantasia in 2019, and we went to Anaheim for it. Phenomenal. Yeah, I think this might have been. This was, I think, a, a year or two prior to that. That was what their second t- U.S. tour. They only played like two shows uh, the first time they came here. Um, yeah, I think it was just one in New York and one in California, and. Um, unbelievable um but it's just it was a cool venue because it was it had a big floor but then behind the floor it had seats that rose up so like if you wanted to sit but and you actually wanted to see you could it wasn't like you were just standing room and then interesting if you're in the back you're kind of shit out of luck so um it was a cool venue i saw sabaton there most recently like packed packed house like like thousands of people to see sabaton in new york city i was blown away at how uh how popular they had become I, we, we need to have a conversation about that one day because uh me and sean have talked about it. the first time that we ever saw sabaton was at scout bar and there was like 35 people there and they were taking requests of what they wanted to play the last time we saw them was at scout bar and to even see the stage you had to turn uh stand next to somebody who was like nut the butt and then turn your head to see the stage it was so packed. I can't even imagine Sabaton in that space at this point. No. The Scout Bar is a small, small thing. Yes. I mean, it was the same thing when Testament played there, dude, man. It was like, it was packed. Crazy packed. Um, what about you, uh, Justin? What What's uh, tickling your geek? Well, as you know, October is like my favorite month because we watch 31 days of horror movies. So I'm really sure. excited for that. Uh, my wife and I always, each of us picks 15 movies um, and then we randomize them and then fill in like the new stuff that's coming out on the streaming service as well. So sometimes we watch like 40 to 50 movies in a month, but uh, it's always a good time for both of us. So I'm looking forward to that and hopefully we'll be able to get our, my sister-in-law to come and babysit one or two days so we can go see Halloween Ends and see Barbarian and see Smile because there's a lot of cool horror shit that's come out. But also, I'm very excited to see Harakiri for the Sky, November 3rd in Houston. Oh, yeah. Um, I was kind of shocked they announced the U.S. tour, and uh, they're headlining it with uh, Ghost Bath and Unrequited. I just saw a big Ghost Bath fan. Yeah, I just uh, saw them opening up for the Bordnagar tour a few months ago. Yeah. Good live. They're okay. They're not really my style, but they're fine, they're serviceable. I'm not really that familiar with Unrequited. I've never heard their stuff, I don't think. But I'm not a big Ghost Bath fan, but I'm a huge, huge Harakiri fan. So yeah. uh, I'm very excited for that. It's at the Acadia. I've never been there. So I don't know. Have I you don't have any. No, I've never been there. Dave? Acadia? Acadia? That's up on the north side. That's a. Uh, I've never made it up there because it's, it's kind of a haul mm-hmm. for me. So. Maybe I'll get lucky and it'll be close to me. <laughs> Maybe. But but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't go to a lot of concerts these days, and I'm hitting two this year, which is a lot for me. Uh, 
So <laughs> looking forward to it. Very cool. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to Acadia. Weird. Cool. I'm glad you get to see them. I know you're you you dig them now. Now does Gary needs to play right? They said they're coming to the U.S. sometime soon. Um, I've I'm like one of their top rated fans on Facebook or whatever. So they respond to me usually when I ask them questions and stuff. So nice. I've I've been touting their music for almost three years now. So there you go. Yeah, it is great. I'm digging the new album before, like we've talked about it before, before the pandemic, Chris, me and my wife were like, okay, we're going to get our passport. We're going to go see uh, a bucket list band every year. So like we did, uh, like that's when we did Aventasia. Then we, when we did Halloween in Chicago and we were going to go like, we're going to go to Europe. We're going to go to do something. Then the like, pandemic hit. And we're like, God, oh, it's all thrown out the window. Um, I will say in October, uh, I'm going on vacation to new Orleans for my birthday, but the following weekend when I get back, we're going to Dallas to see the Misfits. Nice. That's going to be a fun time. Misfits and Alice Cooper. All right. Alice Cooper puts on a great show. Um, oh, yeah. I saw yeah. I saw them open for Iron Maiden when they were doing their, I think it was the Made in England uh, re, re, redux or whatever. And uh, I was, I never saw Alice live and I was, didn't really have much to like much expectations. And I He's was great, blown away. Great like, performer, just, yeah. Yeah, well, I saw him for the first time in uh, what, like twenty nineteen, I guess. Uh, hell of a fun show, great, great performer, great dude. Apparently, because like he's super nice. <laughs> you're like, you're Alice Cooper. You should be like killing and destroying shit on stage. But no, he's like, oh, what do you think of WandaVision? We're like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> it was weird to have so a he's, conversation. So with he's him. the he's the Alice Cooper in Wayne's world in real life. Yes, no, he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he totally is, dude. We were like, we're not worthy. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you to everybody for hanging out with us again tonight. So first of all, we'll do let our guest say a little bit more about where they can find information about your podcast. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Um, two, uh, almost two and a half hours just absolutely flew by. Um so uh, thank you all three of you guys for, for having me. And there goes our uh, trying to keep them short. <laughs> Is this short for you or? <laughs> no. Okay. It depends on the, the week and month. I mean, we've had yeah. some episodes go way longer than this. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so as far as the podcast goes, um, the if you just want to go to our link tree, it, we pretty much have links to everywhere we're located because we're on pretty much every uh, every streaming platform, YouTube, we have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, just go to uh, linktr.ee slash metal exchange or just search for uh, the metal exchange podcast. I'm, it's, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Um, and we'll put and links we, to know, all that in the show notes as well. Yep. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, we drop an episode every every Monday morning. Um, and, and if we happen to snag an interview, we'll, we'll usually release that in the middle of the week as kind of a compliment to the previous episode. It's been a little while since we've done that, but um, I'm sure we'll, we'll do it again sometime soon. And, uh, and if, if you're a, if you're a Twitch watcher, you can uh, follow me on Twitch at uh, Nietzsche one, one that's N E E T C H 11. I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but um, you might be able to, 
catch me on there once in a while if you get lucky. Or I'm lucky. I know I'm not going to spoil it too much, but there's something cool that we're all working on behind the scenes that we could probably announce down the road sometime pretty soon. I'm excited for that. I think that's going to be really, really cool. All right, Justin, you're uh, you're our other guest. Where can people find information about you and what you're doing right now? Uh, You can find me on all the social medias at ComicalJC. Mind Fudge Comedy still exists. We put out, what, like two or three episodes this year? (laughs) Uh, We do have a couple that are recorded that I still haven't had time to edit because I've been so busy with the baby. But um, honestly, we we decided to do this weird future jump thing where we – pretended since we were only recording once a year that we were going to record the 2024 and 2025 episodes ahead of time. Um, so we've got those recorded with what our estimations of the future is going to look like. Um, they're, <laughs> they're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty entertaining. <laughs> um, so those will be coming out soon. If you want to check it out, mindfudgecomedypodcast.com or on any podcast platform. Um, it may be a little while before I release them, but it'll be before their due date. So <laughs> Best Buy use date. Dave, what about you, sir? Uh, you can find me at Red Viking Dave on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Sometimes I update those things. Um, and uh, if you're in Texas, in Houston, and Austin, go to local pop-up markets and art shows and that kind of thing, and you buy art from me. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Do it. And, uh, of course, you can find uh, the Metal Geeks all over the internet at Metal Geeks. We're at MetalGeeks.net. We're a proud members of the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. Check out uh, all the cool shows that make up the network there. Um, if you need to get a hold of us through uh, email, it's msrcast at gmail.com. If you need to get us you know, get a hold of us through snail mail, reach out to me. I might be able to help you. I'm joking. We're not doing snail mail. Um <laughs> Uh, check out if we you're don't on have Facebook. a PO box or anything like that. I do not have a PO box. Uh, <laughs> if you're on Facebook, check us out on the Metal Geek Society. Uh, come hang out with us there. We'll talk about music and and movies and all kinds of fun stuff and memes and, and all cool geekery there. Um, did I forget anything? I think we're good, right? Social medias, uh, any of your podcatcher apps, just search for at Metal Geeks or at MSRCast our sister show, and that's where we're, you'll find us. So, as always, last thing we have to say is... Keep it metal. And... Balls. Keep it ballsy? <laughs> no, that's not it. I think you're wrong. I think he just wanted to start with balls and end with balls. Story it's of his an life. Honor of, it's an honor of George. We honor miss you, George. buddy. Yep. Get home safe. all right guys uh as always keep it metal and keep it geeky see you guys next time hey geekazoids thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by msr productions all rights reserved blah 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 for reviews archives of our podcasts and all your other metal geekery needs please visit metalgeeks.net keep it geeky keep it metal Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Almost 12 years old. Davy Jones was it for me. (laughs) I was having problems dancing and tambourining. I got overzealous (laughs) and overly excited. (laughs) Like, we've had our own little version of Monkey Mania 50 years later, which is just crazy. 
Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.